It is a great morning here. It is time to skip the BS. Time for Undisputed. Time for you to hit us up at hashtag Undisputed Live. Time for me to say, how about them cowboys? We're scarier than Halloween, and we're coming from Philadelphia. And by the way, speaking of Lil Wayne and the Cowboys, best moment of the day for me yesterday was hearing Dak Prescott tell Aaron Andrews before the game he had been listening to Lil Wayne while he was warming up. I texted Wayne about it. Remember, he hates the Cowboys. And Wayne texted right back, yeah, I saw it live, and I thought I was hearing things. But he's forever solid now. He a legend for that. Seems like it helped, too. Did it ever. Dak, you've got to listen to Lil Wayne before every game from here on out. We're about to get into those crumbling 49ers in just a moment, but Cowboy legend Michael Irvin will join us at the top of the hour to explode about the Cowboys who exploded on the Rams. Michael, give us a hint of what's coming up. Oh, Skip, I appreciate it, Skip. Skip, what a great day it is for us. Maybe not for everyone, Skip, because I'm going to tell you something. I told you so. I told everybody when I told y'all a couple weeks ago, I said, Mortimer, we're back. Everybody said, no, yo, no, no, yo, no. Yes, we are. Did you see what that dude did? I'm with you. You listen to Lil Wayne. Every game, he listens to Lil Wayne. And and it's like, my 11 from heaven, he came, boy, he's going to be coming to play. This is Philly week. And when Philly comes up, I don't care what's going on. It's taping title week. Get your butt on the football field. Let's win, baby. Woo! We don't want to let them straight at home. When we get these playoffs at home, we going to the Super Bowl. Baby, I'm going to George Jefferson out here. That's how happy I am. Come on, Skip. We're good, baby. We good. I tried to tell service. A.N.T. We good, baby. We going to see him. Hey. The George Jefferson around this thing. That's what I want to do. There we go. Hey, I got you doing like the George that. Jefferson playmaker. Yes. Hey, we doing the George Jefferson to, to Little Wee, to Wayne, and, 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 and Dak Prescott. That's what we doing. They played well, both of them. Both of them. Ah. Wayne, thank you, my brother. Thank All you right. for giving thank it the right you, view. Michael Irvin. Uh, Richard and Keyshawn, that's a tough act to follow. But now to Richard, now to Keyshawn, now to the 49ers, now to the Bengals, because the most shocking story in the NFL so far is that the 49ers, didn't they beat some team 42 to 10? I can't remember. They look like by far the best team through five games, and now they have lost three straight, including yesterday's home loss to Joe Burrow and the Bengals 30, 31 to 17 at San Francisco. Are you kidding? Obviously, the 49ers have been without Debo, without Trent Williams, but Richard Sherman. What is the biggest reason they have lost three straight, those 49ers? Well, it comes down to a number of things. Obviously, the defense hasn't played enough, played well enough under Steve Wilkes. Um, there's going to have to be some adjustments there. I'm sure Kyle Shanahan, you heard last week, early last week, Kyle Shanahan was in the meetings. He was in the defensive meetings. I don't remember a time Kyle Shanahan was in the defensive meetings when I was there because we had a, had a great defense and yeah. we consistently played well. But when you, when you make a zero blitz call with 16 seconds in, in the, left in a half against the Minnesota Vikings, which leads to a 60-yard touchdown by Jordan Addison, then it's time to make some adjustments. It's time to start paying closer attention. The same is true in this game. You know, there was a point where Joe Burrow was 28 of 32 uh, I mean, he was 28-32 for the game and, and very efficient, had very little t- 
problem dissecting this defense and no adjustments being made. You see the pass rushers rushing into crowded lanes. Um, you see the turnovers by Brock Purdy. Back-to-back interceptions, those have to be corrected. Obviously, one of them looked like a bonehead play, but a heck of a play by the defender who tipped it up to itself and caught it, but those plays can't be made. You know, you, you score that touchdown, there was momentum. That was a back-breaking um, interception, and then the interception after that, uh, here it is right here, you can't have those plays. And I think Brock Purdy needs to learn from this. He needs to learn when to eat the ball and when, when to try to make these passes. But I think everything is correctable. Um, but these are bad losses. They've, they've lost three in a row going into the bye. I'm sure Kyle Shanahan is going to make some changes. Mm. Yeah, Skip, you got an opportunity yeah. now to smile for a week and feel good about your Cowboys <laughs> Just and, for the, a week? and the demise of the San Francisco 49ers. Mm. No question about it. They, have not, they yeah. have not played the last three weeks at the level in which we saw the first five weeks of the season. But it all goes down to physicality. They are missing one of the most physical, gifted, skill-making playmakers in the National Football League, and that certainly would be Debo Samuel. Then when you are missing your left tackle who sets the edge, who does things from a physicality standpoint, setting the tempo, you miss him. But also, we can't lose sight, much like Richard said, on the defensive side of the ball. Defensively, they have, they've yet to take out the number one offensive player in these three weeks that they've lost. they yet to take that guy out. You know Justin Jefferson isn't there, so guess what? They're going to focus on Jordan Addison. You failed to do that. Then you get the Cincinnati Bengals coming to town, and they've got a number of nice, solid players. There's no question about it. But the number one target mm -hmm. that you have to take out is Jamar Chase. Mm. You have to eliminate him to the maximum of your ability. Yep. They allowed him to just 12, 12 attempts, 10 receptions, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Yep. You cannot afford to do those sort of things. And then the last thing is Brock Purdy. When Brock Purdy was rolling, they were always ahead. And as I said, let's, let's start to see what happens when they're from behind and he needs to try and figure out how to make up that ground. In the wins at their head, touchdown six, trailing two. Interception zero when they're leading. Mm. Four when they're behind. He mm. lost a fumble when they're behind. Mm. So he's turning the football over at an alarming rate over the last three games, Skip, and that has to stop if they plan on making it mm. to the playoffs. You hear what I said? Making it to the playoffs. Wait, now you're suggesting they might miss the playoffs? They very well could. If you look at their schedule and you look at the teams that they got to face, wow. they may not have enough wins at the end of the day to slide into the playoffs. I mean, this could very easily be a 10-7 and team if you look at their schedule and you go down that line and you start Ooh. to look at, Skip, you start to look at some of They got Jacksonville. Okay, Jacksonville is not a cakewalk from five years ago. This is not – and they got to go two – Jacksonville. By the way, Jacksonville leading the NFL in takeaways. Go ahead. So, so yep. you see what I'm saying there, Skip? Mm -hmm. Now you got Tampa Bay, whatever you call that, they're going to beat them. You go to Seattle. Richard has been in these 49ers Seattle battles yeah. throughout his entire career. Yep. That's not an easy task. Not. Then you play Philadelphia in Philadelphia. In Okay, so they've already, Philadelphia's already eliminated the, the Cowboys at home next week. Then they'll have a chance to do the same to the San Francisco 49ers several weeks after that. Wait, did you just guarantee a Philly victory? I, 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 I did. Uh, and then you go to Seattle, the Arizona's a win. But Baltimore, Baltimore, 
The Ravens and Lamar Jackson and company you have to face. Serious. And then you finish up with Washington and the Rams. Mm. But that's not an easy task when you're really looking at the numbers mm. and you following it and saying to yourself, huh, if they don't put enough wins together to win the division, they could be one of those teams on the outside looking in. Huh. So, Keyshawn, you well, have well, used – go ahead, Richard. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. Here. Okay, so, Keyshawn, you've used the phrase apropos of Halloween of Brock Purdy maybe turning back into a pumpkin. Are you seeing he has turned back into it's a not, pumpkin? He's not, he hasn't turned into a full-blown pumpkin. Oh. You know, he's a small one right now, little a little one. small one outside yeah. the door, <laughs> you know, shit, something. He's one of those. No, yeah. it's, it, look, it's real, okay? And we're going to have a Brock Purdy conversation, obviously, throughout the show. Yeah. But it's real. I, I understand he's done a tremendous job. And we've praised him. Mm. But remember at the beginning of the season, and I allow you, Michael, and Richard Sherman to convince me that I didn't need to see an entire season. Remember that? Oh, Keith, you got to give up. And I gave in. And now the last three weeks, I'm sitting there going, why didn't I listen to my first mind instead of allowing you guys, Skip, to convince me to do something different. And now Brock Purdy has fallen all the way to ninth in the MVP odds. He was first, and he has fallen to ninth. So he's pretty much fallen completely out of it. And he is starting to look a little more like the guy who was known as Mr. Irrelevant because he was the last pick in the draft. He's starting to look a little bit more like the guy I kept describing to you because I watched him a lot at Iowa State. And I kept telling you, At Iowa State, he was kind of this gutty overachiever, had an okay arm, but not a great one. But he battled, he he scrapped, he tried, he risked, sometimes he failed, but but he would just keep on fighting and keep on risking. And now if you keep on risking at this level, bad things can happen, especially when you're behind in the fourth quarter. So now I ask both of you, is it possible As I suggested the day after 42 to 10, and I don't need to remind everybody what what that was. Is it possible that I as I kept saying. That Monday night at was it Monday or Sunday night? Now I can't Sunday night was Sunday night. That Sunday night at San Francisco. Is it possible that the 49ers maxed out while we crapped out, as in the Dallas Cowboys. Is it possible they played their Super Bowl that night while we played our toilet bowl that night? Is that possible that they hit on every cylinder and we hit on none? No, Skip, it's not. Um, They know that the uh, Super Bowl's in February because they've been in recent memory. Um, So they know when it is. They know when the NFC championship is because they were there last year. So uh, this is a team that, that usually starts the season slow, unfortunately. You know, you don't want to see it. You, yeah, it's frustrating to watch. The, last year they were 3-5 and five at this point. year before they were 3-4. and four. Both times they went to the NFC Championship uh, game and, and, and competed. So, I mean, there is a sense of concern more because of how the defense is being utilized. You see, you, you, you start to wonder what's happening to Nick Bosa, and then you start to watch his rushes. You watch the tape, and you're like, why are they crowding the lane? Why, is, why aren't there two nine techniques out, lot, out wide and Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead rushing from three techniques on third and obvious passing situations? You wonder what Steve Wilkes is doing in some of these situations. Why aren't Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw mugged up in the A-gaps like they've been for the past three years under D'Amico Ryan and under Robert Sala? You wonder what he's doing um, because the blueprint was there. You know, don't reinvent the wheel when you're coming into a situation where this defense has been consistently among the top five in the National Football League. So Kyle Shanahan obviously is going to use, going to get in these meetings and tell him, hey, 
I understand you came in here with your own identity, the way you did things. We're going back to the basics. We're going back to using these guys how we use them best. And that's what it is. You you just drive the car that we have here. Don't try to try to make amends and make adjustments. And hey, we're going to put these wheels on and this muffler and take it all off. We're going back to what the San Francisco 49ers have done well for the past three, four years of defensive dominance. Okay, and Richard, is it possible, and I love your point about Kyle going into the defensive meetings for the first time and you never saw that happen. Is it possible that Kyle will take away defensive play calling from Wilkes? No question. It's definitely possible. I just don't know where it would go at this point. Um, I I, I don't know who he would give it to. So, I mean, Chris Kacarek has been there a while. Yeah. DB, um, the safeties coach, he's been there a while. So I, I just, Daniel Bullock, uh, I, don't, I don't know where he would go with it. Um, but he has to make an adjustment. You have to go back to what they've done well because you're, not, you're, you're changing things up in a way that's putting these guys in a lot of bad situations. You're running man on first and second down and putting these guys in tough spots. You're not, you're not showing pressure. These Texas looks that we used to, Houston looks that we used to have A-gaps mugged up. Yeah. And create a lot of confusion for the offensive line. You're not doing the things that this team has done well year after year after year and made them dominant. Um, and it's leaving them exposed. It's leaving them exposed. Joe Burrow, it was easy reads. You, you motion. You know they're in man coverage. It's easy pitch and catch. You're running this uh, palms pressure. It's easy pitch and catch. It's easy reads. You're not getting to the quarterback. The guys that have been great one-on-one pass rushers aren't getting one-on-ones because you're not doing enough to scheme it up that way. So, it's frustrating to watch. And then offensively, that, that was just mistake, mistakes by, um, by Purdy. You know, one was an anticipatory throw. He thought the linebacker was going to buzz out. The linebacker squeezed as he should. He's, yep. He knows this offense. They played this offense a few years in a row. You got to do better at reading that. But at the end of the day, you, this, is, this is learning for Brock Purdy. And they got to get it corrected. They got this bye week, and they got to – I guarantee you none of them going home. Mm. Yeah, I, I, you know, I look at the defensive side of the ball and Steve Wilkes. He's the only, he's the first guy from the outside coming in to become the defensive coordinator. He, the rest of the staff is intact on the defensive side of the ball. So he's trying to teach not only the players, but also the staff the scheme that he wants to run. And I don't really – look, they haven't been getting pressure. And I go to the Minnesota game, they had a couple turnovers, one on the Addison right before the half, regardless of what coverage they was in. That's an interception most times. That, that is a pick by Ward, but it didn't happen. They scored a touchdown. Yep. Def- offensively, though, in three straight weeks, they failed to score more than 17 points. So the defense held at 19-22, and then obviously yesterday they gave up 31. Mm. But when you look at it from the offensive standpoint, they're only scoring 17 in those losses. Yep. It's not like they're scoring 30 and then they're losing. They scored 17. So Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, and company has got to figure out a way to put more points on the board so that they're not putting their defense in situations when it's struggling to have to put a stranglehold on the offensive side of the ball, the opponent, to win a football game. That's a lot of pressure, Skip. Mm. Okay, let's go back to Brock Purdy for a moment here because the guy he was reminding me of Yesterday, even the last three games, late in games, as Keyshawn points out, when it's close, tight, and he's a try-hard guy, he's going to try even harder, maybe too hard under pressure. He started reminding me of the old Tony Romo or Tony uh Uh-Oh, because remember, Romo was completely undrafted, and when it got pushed to shove at the end of games, he would try things where he'd say, what are you thinking? Well, 
it, Brock Purdy almost threw four picks because there was one throw that he made with about nine minutes left in the third quarter, if we could see the first one, where he gets rushed and he throws it to, to I think it was to Ayuk, yeah, to Ayuk in the flat. And this ball is very interceptable. The DB just lost his feet or that ball gets picked. Okay, so there's the first one. And then now let's look at the next two that did get intercepted. Here we go. Next one, these are the inter- this is the one where he rolled out and he's this is a touchdown if you just get it over Pratt and he didn't get it over Pratt. Okay, it, it's just a it, it's just a mistake you you can't make with the guy in your face, and that turned the game. That was the game right there. And then the the last one, Richard already talked about that one. And then finally, he throws one more at the end of the game. There's the third one, the second one. Actually. Oh, he, he has the fumble. Yeah, yeah. But, but here's the fourth one that could have been, and he gets hit at his feet. I did not think this was roughing the passer, but that's just me. I, I didn't think his knees were in that much in danger. I thought they hit him more up in the thighs, and it should have just been a follow-through play without the flag. But that could have been another pick, and then obviously he gets sack fumbled to end the game. If we could see that, please. And this is the first fumble he's lost in three games, so he has not been fumbling here. But that ends the football game. All right, so all of this is coming in the second half. Most of it is coming in the fourth quarter. So the deeper you get into a tight game, the worse it looks for Brock Purdy. Is that fair for me to say? No, it's fair for you to say. Two weeks in a row is definitely fair. It's fair. It's fair for you to say, no question about it. All right, let's flip it around to the – rival quarterback yesterday as you guys know I love me some Joe Burrow I haven't seen Joe Burrow this year until yesterday that was the real live Joe Burrow and he threw a masterpiece at the 49er defense maybe it's a little off balance but to go 28 of 32 three touchdowns without a pick and to run it how many times did he go I think he ran it nine times for uh yeah, because six for 43. I mean, six. Uh, uh, Brock Purdy ran it very well himself. He was very good. But every uh, he, he ran six times, five were for first downs. And he, he prides himself on running the football. And he ran hard and he put his head down a couple of times. It's a little dangerous. <laughs> but his calf seems to be 100% healed. And that's the guy who operates at a level as close to Tom Brady to me as anybody who's playing right now. Your thoughts, Keyshawn? No, he certainly, you could tell he's healthy again from the beginning of the season. The fact that he's put the ball on the ground, you mentioned it, he had six rush attempts. He picked yeah. up about 40-some yards, a couple first downs in there. But it's all about his rhythm and throwing and his timing. When he hits his back foot, it let it rip. If you look earlier in the season, that wasn't the case. There was some hesitancy there. Now, in the hierarchy of the AFC, they're sliding in that, especially what happened to Kansas City yesterday, licking their wounds, trying to figure it out. You got Baltimore, you got Cincinnati, you got Miami, and then Buffalo. You know, if they want to just stay above ground, they have to continue to try to win football games. But they're like this right now. Then there's a sleeper in Jacksonville. So it's going to come down, you know, it's going to come down to the Cincinnati's, Baltimore's, the Kansas City's in this conference, in my opinion. Go, Richard. No, I, I agree. I agree. He played his best football yesterday. Um, again, they, they gave him simple looks. He dissected them, uh, as he should. Joe Mixon play, also played probably his best game of this did. season. I agree. Um, both receiving the ball and running the ball. Uh, and and, and you got to give him a lot of credit. They're coming on at the right time. The Cincinnati Bengals usually at the second half of the season um, start to figure things out, start to come on and get, get streaky. 
and get in the playoffs usually pretty hot and usually go to Buffalo or Kansas City and give them a really tough game, usually come out with a win, get to the AFC Championship, and that's what they're looking like right now. All right, let's look at a sample of how Joe Burrow did dissect that defense yesterday. Let's start with the 35-yarder to T. Higgins, if we could. This is 35 to T. Higgins. It just, he just flicks it with easy velocity. Just flick of the wrist, and people are wide open. It appeared all day yesterday. The next one is 22 yards. Oh, that was this out. I think we're there. Yeah, and then this one's to Chase. Yeah, that was the game clincher. Zing. Again, again, simple looks. Simple yep. looks every single time. Yeah. So it's, it, 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 Go ahead. You can't be vanilla. You can't be vanilla with, with a quarterback like this. You can't, can't be vanilla. You can't sit there and let him. You got to mug it up. You got to uh, give him cloudy looks, um, muddy the picture. That's man-to-man coverage um, with your slot quarter, Isaiah Oliver, uh, against one of the best receivers in the National Football League. No help. I mean, you're setting yourself up for failure. You know, that's, what they, that's the way they would draw it up in practice against the scout team. Hey, we're going to put their worst corner on our best player, and we're going to run a fade, and we're going to have success. And that is on coaching. You know, that Isaiah Oliver, you know, is a, is a solid player, solid nickel, but he is outmatched in that ma- matchup. Yeah, was he ever. So, big picture, do, do you guys think they can right the ship through the bye week? Do, do you still have high regard for the 49ers going forward? I, I, no question. No question. I, I do, but I'm hesitant. Because they got to go to Jacksonville, we buy or not buy. They got to go to Jacksonville. Jacksonville is a nice football team. They got a young stud of a quarterback and a bunch of weapons for him to play play with. Had they played Jacksonville at home, see, because I started looking at their schedule, Skip. Yeah. And as I said to you before, yeah. you know, when I'm looking at this Jacksonville's and in and, and Seattle's and Phillies coming along, and Baltimore, I mean, that's a that's a tough one. Those are tough W's to get. And I don't know if the bye week will help them uh, fix everything or will Jacksonville expose them again? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to remind both of you that Trent Williams is three years older than Tyron Smith. And Tyron couldn't go yesterday with some kind of a neck issue. Jerry said on his radio show last year that he was hopeful that Tyron could play yesterday. So I'm more hopeful that he can play at Philadelphia because his backup was lost yesterday. So the point is, Trent Williams is getting up there in age where you have to anticipate he's going to miss some games. Debo, like Christian McCaffrey, runs so hard that he's missed games over the last three years. He missed seven in 2020, four last year. So he's probably, I'm knocking on wood for him, going to get banged up. So I'm not surprised both of them are banged up. So you have to factor that into the equation that, that they can be iffy just because of their age or the way they, they play. No, of course, yeah, no question. yes, you're going to factor that <laughs> no into it. For sure, you're going to factor it into it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just talking about as it's constructed right now. Yeah. When I look at the schedule and I look yeah. at the way this team has played the last three weeks, especially on the offensive side of the ball, they've only scored 17 in three straight weeks. Three straight. you got to score Scary. some more points than that. I mean, you know, at least, no give, me, they, at least they, give me 21. Yeah. Right, and after scoring 30 in five straight. So, I, I, But I think it's correctable. I think they're going to get corrected um, because – they're going to self-scout. 
Kyle Shanahan does a great job of being really objective with himself, with his team. Um, and he's going to be very critical of what he's done offensively. He himself, you know, he's going to be critical of himself and he's going to make changes. He's also going to be critical of what the defensive coaching staff has done and make some changes there because you've got to go back to your bread and butter. And I think they can. You know, I, I know Keyshawn's like, oh, they, they, they may miss the playoffs. I can't anticipate them missing the playoffs. I know it's hard to I've hear. Because I've watched this team for, for years. Oh, no, no, it's not hard to hear at all. I've, I've just watched this team for years, and they start way worse than this. And they've run their way to the NFC Championship year in and year out, whether they're home or away. Mm. They find a way to get it done. So I know they'll make the necessary adjustments. They have the bright players in the locker room. It'll get done. See, three the, – the next three out of four games are tough opponents all on the road. Yep. So that's what I look at. I'm looking at a good game, playing Jacksonville, having to go to Seattle, go to Philadelphia. I mean, they obviously get a break possibly with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sandwiched in between there. But three of the four on the road with tough opponents, that's, mm. that's why I say what I say. Mm. All of this music to my ears. Of course it is. Cowboy of Thank course it is. very much. You scared and to see them in the playoffs, I know. No, I want Skip. them in the playoffs. I want Philadelphia twice. We get to play Philadelphia twice more, and mm. I want San Francisco in the postseason. Please, God, give it to us. Please, Speaking of the I Dallas Cowboys. Give it to you too. Yeah, here we go. Michael Irvin is about oh, to unleash man. on the Cowboys' yeah, dominance yeah, yesterday. Here we go. Here we go. The Cowboys jumped out to a 33-3, wait, 33-3 on the Rams before finally winning 43-20. Keyshawn Johnson, scale of 1 to 10. How impressive was this Cowboy win? Not impressive at all. It's it's a four. It's a four. How can people even receive what you say when you started off with that? He, How can had, he asked me a question, uh, Michael. <laughs> right. So, so I'm not like you and Skip. It's a four, man. It's the Los Angeles Rams. I picked the Cowboys to win this game on Friday. It's well documented. You played against Matthew Stafford, who, by the way, left the game. Okay. Then on top of that, you, you Brett Rippin, not Mark Rippin, Brett Rippin, a totally different quarterback they insert into the lineup and y'all want to run around and beat y'all chest mm -hmm. based on the score a win is a win is a win i understand that i get that but what you <laughs> the real test is coming this weekend against the philadelphia eagles you have yet to win a, a game against a quality opponent you 14 and 24 this season i mean teams that you've beaten are 14 and 24 this season michael come on now <laughs> oh, I, I get it a win is a win is a win but I'm not about to say, oh, it was a 10. This is the most explosive offense I've ever seen. I'm not going to do that. What they did do, however, that was impressive to me, is they made a decision to move C.D. Lamb to the X position at times and get him the football. That is the major spot for top 10 wide receivers to be on the backside in a 3-by-1 or 2-by-2 two on the outside edge of the numbers and going to work. Thank you. They did a good job of moving him around. Mm -hmm. There's no question about that. But you couldn't tell me one defensive back that the Los Angeles Rams had. You couldn't give me a name. You can't give me one name, Michael, of one of them dudes at that cornerback position. I'm not going to poo-poo the win. It's mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. But I'm not getting ready to send them to Vegas based on that. 
I understand you want me to. Mm. Dak Prescott played really good football. Mm. But he always plays good football against these type of opponents. Mm. You know it and I know it. Okay, Michael Parsons, big time cross sack. Y'all harassed the starting quarterback one time. Y'all sacked him one time. Imagine that for one time. Y'all supposed to have this vaunted pass rush of a defense. Y'all got to him one time. We, we, we y'all got over him. Y'all, y'all got to him. We knocked one, him out of the game. Y'all got to him one time. <laughs> his hand, man, stop. His hand hit the helmet. Is why he left. him. Okay. So how many times did you actually sack him? Okay, but we lead the league in pressures, and we added to the lead yesterday because he was on his back foot all. And now day you long. take you take all that pride and all that. Mm-hmm. But y'all y'all gave up three sacks to them. On Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. You got to protect him against this Philadelphia Eagle team yep. this weekend coming up. Yep. I'm arrested this we're, we're way. Going to get I'm going to give you the He's- W, and you can take it and run to Vegas if you want to with it. But I'm just telling you, when real opponents come, that's the test. You've yet to beat a real opponent. Get him, You've Michael. Yet to re- well, all get of it. them, first of all, are real opponents. No, they're not. They are all no, real people. Stop. They all wear real football uniforms. They're all playing in this real NFL. There you know are. what I'm saying, Michael. Key, uh, key. Mm. I, I want to hear what you're saying. But when you start your statement off with, I'm giving them a four on a thorough victory like that. Whoa, 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 key, 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 key. Oh, Thorough victory. I saw offensive weapons. You mm-hmm. saw defensive yep. weapons. You saw special team yep. weapons. It was on every aspect. Now, I, 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 let, let me enlighten you a little here. I had a conversation with Dak, interview with Dak last week, and, 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 we, and we sat and talked, and I talked to him about it, and Dak said something that, that I kind of sat back on, but I wanted to see. You know, he said, listen, we went into this bye week as a team. We looked over everything. We are, we are, we are demarking this. We, we are putting a stamp here and saying from here on out, if this is new, we're going to be a different team. You know, my mind, I'm a spiritual man. I went to look at this real deep, you know, and I said, mm, we're coming out week eight versus the Rams. He mentioned in his interview, it's the eighth year of his career. Y'all do know 8-8 eight, is my favorite number. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the number eight stands for new beginning. And, 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 and Dak was talking about they have this new beginning. I stood back like, what, what took y'all so long to get here? All of this came down during this bye week when, when after Michael Parson came out and, stuck up, and stood up for Dak. And then I thought about it. And then remember the coach came out and said something. So they took all of this into the bye week and they stirred it up in their part of stew. And they fed nails and rocks to them boys and they went out and played some good ball. That's all I'm saying. There was yes. a demarcation. They made a statement. Obviously, they came together. I was wondering why is San Francisco more hyped to play you than you are to play them? Good point. The bye week got them understanding Nobody likes you. Nobody wants you. All those friends. Don't, don't even try trade jerseys with anybody. You got enemies all over the place. 
play like that. Mm-hmm. Play like they don't like you. Mm-hmm. And now we see what they do when they play like they know how mm-hmm. to play. People, they showed up, Key. They showed up in every aspect, and you give them a four. If you'd have given them an eight, I could have listened to what the rest of you had, what you had to say. But once you gave them a four, I shut down all my ears because the rest was just garbage. That was a thorough win by the Dallas Cowboys. Can I ask and you a question? Oh, Mike, I hate to interrupt you, but I just want to ask you. It's a, a thorough question. win, Skip. Yes, I just sir. want to ask you a simple question that I would like for you to just answer with a simple yes or no, sir. Okay. Are the Giants a good football team? I'm just wondering, yes or no? Yes, they are in the NFL. Oh, th- that's not what I asked you. Are they a good football I'm, I'm team? You the yes, yes, they are in the NFL. So the Giants are a good football team. When they have Key. Daniel Jones, okay. Good. So you beat them forty to nothing. The Jets at the time were a good football team when you beat them with Zach Wilson after Aaron Rodgers got hurt. They were a good team when you beat them thirty to ten. Big win over that, Buffalo. That's, 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 that's yes or no. The New England Patriots with him. The New England Patriots you beat thirty-eight to three. A good football team. But you good football team. Okay. Was San Fran a good football team when they beat them? You squeaked out a win by three points against the Chargers for crying out loud. Squeaked it out. Mm. Okay, then you beat the Rams 43 to 20. I must say this to you again. We're going to get through the whole season. 14 and 24 of the teams that you beat, and that's their combined win loss total. Mm. I'm just telling you, you telling me about giving them a four, you ain't beat nobody. Look at the realities. Here's the realities, Keith. What you're doing is here's the reality. What am I doing? The Cowboys have won 11 straight home games. They have. Are you telling me? That they beat okay. nobody in 11 games. Then that's not on the Cowboys. Not, that's play. on the sorry first NFL. All, if you got, all, if you sent me 11 opponents first and they're all, all sorry, then that's not. So, so we well, know that's not all, true. That's hyperbole. The, Let's stop it doing ain't that. No hyperbole. Let's stop, first Let's of stop, all, stop doing Michael that. and Skip, we haven't been on this show in 11 weeks for them to win 11 straight what, home what, what, games. What, what, I don't care saying. about last year. We talking about right now. You trying to tell me something about last year? We're talking about right now, today. Okay. They ain't played 11 games, buddy. But you just told me about last last month, mm-hmm. last week, you all did. the games I, I, before. I, I, you were just, just talking you, about I'm it. You ain't, stay, you ain't focused on today if I gave, and the if game I, they played yesterday. If I went back and gave you the teams that they beat last year and combined them with the ones that y'all won this year, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. So y'all, 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 they will crucify you for that, Michael. Everybody does this. You guys, everybody, all the people out there, I, I get you on social media doing something. You go into a limited... History. That's not history. That's your history. History is history. Once you crack the door, you got to swing it wide open. We can go in there. So don't be trying to say, well, this history. Skip, Y'all had one in 30 years. But we got, season. I'm saying, Skip, that's all How I'm many doing? times building up to the Rams game did you say on this show, sitting in that very chair you're in right now, the this Rams are dangerous. You kept telling yeah, you, you said Rams it before. Are they are dangerous. They Rams are dangerous. dangerous. Right, right, right. They are a dangerous they football are. team it on offense. They were. 33 that, to 3. And, and that's fine. I didn't okay. say that they was going to beat you, Scott. Largest defeat. That's not what I said. Here is the I point. Picked Second Dallas, largest yeah. defeat of Sean McVay era. Thank Second you. largest defeat Sean. in the Sean McVay era. I give you 14 and 24 of the opponents we have beaten. Yes. But look what we have done to said opponents because to yes. Michael's point, We've won 11 in a row, but yes. we've won three uh, for three at home. And we've won by scores of 30 yes. to 10 over the Jets and 38 to 3 over Belichick yes. and 43 to 20 over McVeigh right. and Matt and Stafford. If you, combine, Great coaches, if you, you, know. if you took them three teams that you just named yeah. and you combine them together and try to put a roster yeah. of players, 
At that time that y'all okay. was playing him, you couldn't even do that. Right. Right. What, 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 you know that. It's you know hard that. to beat teams there, right? this badly in the NFL. We have won those, by an average score of 37 to 11. 37 to 11 at home. And if you throw in the Giants, we beat them 40 to nothing on opening night at their So you place. have to – so in other words, you have nothing? to play at home is what you're telling me. Then. No, no. We it's won on the road. The two, because the two no, 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 losses no, 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 the two no, shellacs no, was no, on the road. No, 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 no. I brought that up. Let me tell you why. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Let me tell you why I brought that up. Because you see right now, once we go into Philly, since you're bringing up, you're bringing up tomorrow and all those things. Now we're looking at home field advantage. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're bringing up home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and you see what's going on. I'm setting this up to let you know: once you get it home, we're bringing it home. Mm. That's the whole deal. Once the Cowboys get this thing coming home, playoffs coming through Dallas. You're going Haven't to get Haven't they had home. that in the and past since you want to deal in the yeah, past? Yeah, yeah. They've had home field advantage in the past mm-hmm. and got sent oh home. Oh, my God. Oh so my so God. stop it, Skip. Every, every time. No, stop, I'm, I'm going to start it. What I, you I, saw I, yesterday I okay. was uh. the NFL's most explosive team in all three phases. We lead the league in firepower in all three phases. Let me demonstrate this to you. Can we show you the, let's go right down the line here. This is Dak's first throw for a touchdown to somebody named Jake Ferguson, who, by the way, he's starting to make plays. I've been looking for Goal line plays. About three weeks late, but I'm glad you're here. Yeah, look at this. Was that not a catch? That was, that, that was a catch. Right he's pretty good. I'm not saying he's great, but he's You know who that good. linebacker was chasing him down the middle? I, I don't know. Exactly. Right, right. <laughs> and, and, and Skip, been called, Skip you've been good. calling for this, though. I have. Since, since Doug Schultz, Schultz left, yes. we've been call, Doug Schultz left, mm-hmm. we've been calling for this. Okay, and now let's look at what happened next. A 58-yard field goal by Brandon Aubrey, who was taking my breath away. Because you want to talk about effortless distance? Talk about a thunderfoot? He's just booming him right, right down the middle. Right. I, I, he never Remember, kicked in right, the NFL. Why are you showing me a high of a kicker? Because it, 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 he's shooting for that 58 that could have been from 70. He's been right. good all year long. And, and, and he got, like and he got a penalty. A he got a penalty a and then knocked the next one right, right down right, the middle. Right through it. Right down right, the middle. Now let's talk about Deron Bland. Well, wait a second. Dude. He's got three pick sixes. Can we see this Go one? Go ahead on, three, man. Three, three pick sixes. That, wait a second. I, I thought we were dead without Trevon Diggs, and now I'm thinking, wait a second. This oh. kid's as much a ball hawk as... as Late throw okay. into the inside. It was a bad idea. Hey, bad Late throw. throw into the inside. I, I, I'm talking... Late throw into the inside. Ball hawk. What, what, hold on. Is this I'm the just same? Michael. Wait, wait, wait a second. Al Harris, guys. So let me tell you something. That's Al Harris. Yeah, that's, Al, Al, that's all Al Harris. I want to give him all the credit because he knows how to coach DB. How you doing your best? Okay, Keyshawn, do you realize just, Deron Bland has now played 24 yes. games for the Cowboys yes. and he has nine interceptions? He's the type of player. Nine for 20. He's the type of player that's what? been described to me in the past as no matter what, something always good happened to him. Thank you. That's, that's fine. Thank you. But it was a late throw to the inside. Okay, I got it. I got it. Then well, <laughs> so let's see the block me. punt because we do this fairly regularly. If we could see the block Bones punt. Fossil's a good Here we go again. Coach. Here we go. Sam Williams, second-round pick from a year ago. Right, and he right, blocks right. the punt, and it went out of the end zone for a safety. Right. We, we do it regularly. It's, it's how we eat. It's what we do. It's who we it's are. We, we take the ball. What we and, do. And get Turpin. Go get we on Turpin. We team that's going to pick in the top okay, five. Here we go. Kevontae Turpin. Turpin. Can we see Kevontae Turpin? Turpin? Turpin. Here's 63 yards. He was the USFL MVP as a receiver Turpin. because right. this is special stuff. You want to talk about acceleration? 
You want to talk about know-how? Do you right. want to talk about setting up blockers? You're so good. Man. Turn it on, turn oh it off, God. turn it on, turn it off. Let them, listen, th- this is the best weapon in the NFL is a kick returner. Help me out. Do you see anybody better? I don't. Best weapon in the NFL, 63 uh, yards. He had another one that got called back on a penalty. Which brings me to the beast of the moment, uh, number 88. Maybe he's not this 88, but this this man is rising and shining at 158 yards receiving yesterday. If we could see the touchdown to see little roll right, boom. Okay, he he is just beasting and even ran a reverse for 12 yards on top of the 158 yards receiving. Keyshawn, you you got to acknowledge. He is really, really good. You've had yeah, your I've doubts. Never, I've never said he wasn't good. Well, what I said, said is they need a, another red zone target. Yeah. And if they can continue to get this type of production out of him in the red zone, then maybe they won't need another red zone target. But I've always said he's good, but you want to take him and put him at another level. And, and from my eyes, <laughs> it's not quite there yet. Now, I understand Rated he bought out against yesterday. the Rams. Okay? He bought out against the Rams. He's got some competition yes, he does. this next week against the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, I got we it. will see what that passing attack looks like. We will see what the Dallas Cowboys look like. It's your day. I want you to be happy, Skip. Mm. I want you to, <laughs> to enjoy this moment as you should, yeah. given the fact that Oklahoma certainly lost it. Um. And that hurt you so you were able to bounce back on the Dallas Cowboys. When mm. I get it. Mm. It's all, all pom-poms. I have no well, hate. It, I'm it, just it, trying to make sure y'all understand. Well, when it gets tough, you're going to have to show up, buddy. Well, hey. well, giving it a four, that is hate, Key, to be real with you. That's, I, that's hate. That was hate. That was hate. And, you and, played and, and, and against still, a lesser opponent. You're supposed to dominate him, Michael. Yeah, but but, you, but you, Come you're, on. you're a very good analyst. You have so much to I'm receive. exceptional. I'm so not worried about to that. Mm. in that game, and you saw it. That, that, I, gave, you, you, I gave everybody they do. Only thing I'm saying to yeah. you, Michael, is it's the Rams. Mm. You take glory in that? Mm. Uh, yeah, in every team that you beat in the NFL, you take glory in. Right. Let's, get, let's get back to something you said. Mm. Turpin on the return. Yep. Being an incredible weapon. Watching this kid set up these blocks unbelievable. was unbelievable. Yep. This is going, I, I guarantee you, this is going to make a huge difference. You get the field position. They're, they're, getting, they're getting this thing going. I remember when Dion, we were on a team with Dion. You knew you had someone special back there, yep. right? You had some, so everybody, every time they get the ball, everybody wants to do his job. You don't want to be the one because anyone, he could take any one of those balls and return. I mean, it, it, it's special watching this kid. I, I, it, it's special watching the Cowboys. When they play like that, that was a perfect Almost a perfect game. You could talk about the opponent, but they showed up in every phase. Yep. And, they, and, they, and they, they needed that they, going they into this Philly game. They, did. they needed that. And we're going to talk about this. They needed it for the confidence going into this Philly game. I, confidence for them going up. And the Philly confidence is probably hovering. So that's going to be. Oh, their confidence. Oh, okay. Now, now Philly does. Mm. Well, I'm just saying, we're, we're about to talk about that. Keyshawn, this was a tour de force. This was a statement game. As we head to Philadelphia, it showed you that this team can explode in ways no other team right. in the league can explode it's in all the Rams, three phases. Yeah. You told me how dangerous they were. Uh, the yeah. Rams offense you it was the be a Rams close offense game. can put up some points. Right. There's no question about it. Yep. Their quarterback got hurt. Mm. You were playing, they were playing with Brett Rippon at the quarterback spot. You take pride in that? Yeah. 
But okay. we, we knocked Matt out of the game because oh, we could, were all could, over oh, We yeah. lead the league in pressure. Great, great defensive right. scheme and, by Dan right. Quinn. Go in there and hit him with your helmet and knock him out the game. That's, That's a exactly. great defensive scheme. Well, well, get around him. That is a defensive scheme. Get, yeah. put, put pressure on the quarterback. Don't ever let him get comfortable. Mm. So that, that, that's what you do, Keith. Oh, that's so that's part of it does. then. They game plan helmet to finger. Mm. A helmet to thumb. That was a game plan, Michael? Mm. Helmet to thumb. It was to get to the quarterback. The, Keith, helmet what are we to talking thumb, about? Make Keith. sure that when you come what on the twist, about, you put Keith. your helmet down so when he throws, mm. it hits his – stop. Mm. Michael, come on, man. No, but, but the game plan is to get to the quarterback. And mm. they did that. They did that. They, they, they played on the back end. My, my concerns, I, I, I'm going to tell you something. I'm so happy with De'Ron Bland. I'm still concerned. We're about to talk about that with what's going to happen in Philly because they got quite a fellow over there in AB11. So, yeah. so we're going to talk about that. But the way this kid is played, and again, give love to Al Harris on the back end coaching Thank those you. guys, man. I mean, he's just doing an incredible job, man. Every time I talk to him, I try to tell him, keep doing what you're doing and teaching those guys. Not to just take guesses, but educated opportunities to change the game. That's what he calls them. They're educated opportunities to change the game, and he's coaching them great. You know that ball was thrown inside. I'm not going to let man, you get away with And late. Come he on. was under fire from I, that pass rush. 11 from heaven. Okay. Here come the Dallas Cowboys. And by the way, the Eagles are favored by only two and a half points over Dallas in Philadelphia. That's next. That's an even game. Whew. Man, I hope they put up 60 on you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind putting up 60. We have 65. Now it's your turn. You can reach us with your thoughts. Pro, con, hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet from Liz Shaw. Me and Michael Irvin after the Cowboys yeah, win. Jefferson. There it is. <laughs> That's what I was doing this morning at George Jefferson right there. You did it. You nailed it. That's so funny. It's tough right now. Oh, <laughs> That's moving on up. That's moving on up, buddy. All right, here's the second tweet. This is how Skip and Michael woke up this morning. Yeah. That's the Grinch, and Keyshawn is stuck with a defensive coordinator named Grinch from Oklahoma, the Grinch who stole his football because they play no defense at USC. Third tweet's from Coach B, who says, Skip and Michael ready to say, how about them Cowboys? All because Keyshawn and Richard keep sleeping on them. I think that's T.O. sleeping on the football. That's T.O. sleeping right there. All right. I'm in a coma. (laughs) Yeah. All right, let's get to Richard on this one because the Eagles Eagles did battle back. They won at Washington 38-31, their second victory over the Commanders. They're now 7-1. They do collide with the 5-2 Dallas Cowboys next Sunday in Philly. I think it's 425 Eastern on Fox. Eagles favored by only two and a half at home. Richard, what's your early gut feeling on this game? My early gut feeling is the same as it's been. I got the Philadelphia Eagles winning this one. They're the better football team. Um, they de- their defense does need to correct some things. Sam Howe throwing for 397, very efficient game, four touchdowns, only one interception to Blankenship. Uh, he, played, he played really effectively versus uh, Philadelphia. They have to clean some things up defensively. They're not getting the kind of pressure they were last year. They're, they don't, they're not on pace for 70 sacks like they were last year. They, they're not breaking the record. 
for pressures like they were last year. So something has changed, and I'm not sure exactly what it is. So the matchup to watch is that Philadelphia defensive line versus that Dallas offensive line, but it'll be a barn burn. Mm. Now, for me, this, this game comes down to two people. Skip, you call them 11 from heaven. And I'm saying both teams have an 11 from heaven. All right, that's it fair. comes down to uh, yeah. <laughs> that AB 11 yeah. from Philadelphia and that MP 11 from Dallas. If MP 11 can get to Jalen Hurts, Dallas will win this football game. Mm. If he can't, without Trayvon Diggs, AB 11 mm. is going – to, 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 from heaven is going to have a great game. And, and that's why I, I'm, I'm giving Al Harris all the love. I'm giving Deron Bland all the love. Because right now, right now, that's the only play Philly got. And it's a great one. It's a play. It's a great one. Well, they I got tw- that in the tush push. Right, right? In, in the tush push. Yeah, in the right. tush push. You're, yeah. right. I, you, you're right about that. They got that tush push, and they've given variations off that tush push. Yesterday, they ran a touchdown uh, handing off to DeAndre Swift when everybody all crowded in there. I was yeah. like, whoa. I'm glad they showed that. I, I don't know why. I, I was like, why didn't you show that now? Yeah. But I, I know why you were showing it, because the commanders had you in a fight. I was like, I would have saved that for Very next week. Point. You know what I mean? But that team – that we beat, that, that, that we, when we win, they all said it was nobody, had Philly in a fight. You see what I mean? So you had to pull out everything. It comes down. Michael Parson has to get back there. The surprising thing is, and the best thing for Dallas is, Philly rushed for 59 yards. Are you joking? Mm. If you're going to beat Dallas, I, and I'm sure they're going to say, we got to run for more yards than yep. this. If you're not going to run the ball, that plays right in. I shouldn't have even said that. Mm. I should have just held that off mm. and not put that out in the ether. But now everybody has it in the ether. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Fair but enough. if you only run for 59 yards, you play it right into our hands. But, but as I said, the best play they have, and we showing the one-handed play just a minute ago, but there was another play that 11 had, AB 11. There were two dudes on him. There was no way you should throw that ball. Nobody would tell you to throw that football. Jalen Hurts threw that football, mm. and, and AB11 pulled it down for a touchdown. I it tweeted, did. he's no longer, he's not just fighting to be the best receiver in the NFL. He, he's, he's playing like the best player in the National Football League. When, you, when your team has one play, and you keep coming up with that one play every time, here's the name, the playmaker. There was not even a play there, but he made the play anyway. AB11, we got to deal with him, and that's my concern. Mm. Okay, so Richard, back to you. I, I'm going to give you that AB11 is playing at a slightly higher level than a receiver that you have <laughs> deemed a fringy one in CD Lane. Get in that conversation. I'm not going to have the conversation if that's all you're going to do, Skip. If okay. you're going to say fr- he, he literally has the most uh, games with 125 plus yards. He, he does. Consecutively I, I, give you, in the, I, I give you he is playing at a slightly right. higher level. But ever since that disaster of a debacle at San Francisco, that 42 to 10 thing, after CD did complain about how few targets he got and how few catches he had, he has come alive. And he's not quite there with their AB 11, but he is becoming a driving force of this offense. Now back to Philadelphia. Richard, I've told you from the start, I've never bought into their defense, and you can say it's ancient history, but I watched Dak Prescott last Christmas Eve 
put up 40 on that Philly defense. And they did have C.J. Gardner-Johnson then, who's now obviously a Detroit Lion. And he always scared me because you want to talk about a playmaker. So he's not there, but Kevin Byard is. But Kevin Byard looked like he played pretty well statistically. He put up some numbers yesterday. But to your point, Sam Howe throws for almost 404 touchdowns. I, I don't know. I don't see the pass rush that equals our pass rush. I don't see the pressures, as you point out, that equal our league-leading pressures. And when I flip it around to Philly's offense, they've lost their identity. They led the league in rushing last right. year because right. that's who they were. They, they ran the read option. Jalen was virtually unstoppable, not just on sneaks, but any third and four, third and five. You just couldn't stop them. Right. They're still very good, but they have fallen to seventh in running the football. And to Michael's point, yesterday they couldn't run it much at all, even with Philadelphia's own DeAndre Swift. I, and I'm saying – Wait a second. They're trying to, to morph in under their new coordinator to more of a passing offense. Well, that's fine by me because I don't fear that offense quite as much as I feared the balance. What, what, what happened last year at Philadelphia? It was a Cooper Rush game. But Cooper cut it to 2017 early in the fourth quarter. And then here came Jalen. We could not stop him. It went third and four, third and five, third and five. And Jalen converted all three of them running read options. And we couldn't. And they just held the ball for like nine minutes and went and scored a touchdown. And that was the ball game. So to me, they've lost a little of their identity on both sides of the ball. And I'm just saying right now, our team is playing at a slightly higher overall level in all three phases than Philadelphia is playing at. I mean, Skip, this was a division game. You know how division games go. I don't agree with you, but we get to find out. That's a good thing about football is you get to line it up and find out. That's why I love these hypotheticals and these, hey, if, 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 if. The cool thing about this National Football League is you get to line it up. That's why That's why I don't allow you to talk about Dallas Cowboys versus San Francisco 49ers because at the end of the day, they lined it up. The results are what they were. If the Dallas Cowboys won, we'd be talking about that. If they lost, we'd be talking about that. In this game, it's a great litmus test for the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles only real meaningful win is against the Miami Dolphins. And it was it was a good win, but they haven't really beaten anybody else. They've had some really tight games um, that they could have lost. They had the loss versus the, the, the New York Jets, who I'm going to guess you're going to make the point that you guys beat 30 to 10. But this mm-hmm. is a different team. This defense is playing even better. But at the end of the day, they had some, some tighter ball games than they should have. Uh, I, I mean, obviously against the commanders both times, they almost lost those games. So, I, I think you, you, you have an argument, but at the end of the day, all day, always open, A.J. Brown is the difference maker in this. It's a reason they traded for him in Tennessee. It's a reason Tennessee is struggling consistently. I mean, now DeAndre Hopkins is coming alive and making big plays because they got another guy who can be a number one, but he's a true number one receiver. When you talk about, oh, what, well, why aren't we calling C.D. a number one? Because when we talk about a number one, this is what it looks like. Oh, it's two guys over there. It does not matter. Right. All day. Always open, A.J. Brown. He's going to make the plays that are there. Oh, you throw it out of his catch radius? There's no out of his catch radius. He grabs it with one hand, brings it in, lets his legs die, touchdown. He makes big play after big play. He's been consistent over the last six, seven games, over 125 yards receiving. I mean, that's why I got the Philadelphia Eagles winning this ball game in that offensive line. Mm. You're, seven, you're 11 from heaven. He got to get there, but it's going to be tough. Mm. Right, right. Now, now, let's go back a little something. You talked about. Um, you're talking about A.B. and you guys are talking about 
He's a true number one, as if my 88 is not. Now, I'm, I just got to push back on that. I got to push back. Even though we're going to address it. We're going to address it. It looks different. say that. It looks a lot different. Sure, no, 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 no. I'm saying... I'm saying exactly I, what I said, Irv. Irv, but, Irv. I'm not going to. I'm not going to put you him in a conversation with true number one. one. Wait, wait. Are you saying he's not number one? Uh, the, the true, true number ones in this National Football League looks like him. They look like Jamar Chase. They look like Justin Jefferson. They, they right. look like guys who, regardless of the coverage, they're red dot guys. They're, those are guys you game planning for. Right, right, right. But now, let me get, let me get right. because, because, because Tyreek Hill doesn't look like AB, but I would call him. A yeah, true but Tyreek is a one. number one. That's he's a, a true, true number one. Right, right. He's a true number one. So, so, so now the looks, then it doesn't have to look that way. It's production that we're talking about. And now CD I, 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 gave I, I, you I this mean, production. I mean, I mean, the, the, CD I mean gave the coverage, production. the way they're covering. Right, right, right. CD gave you the production. Now, let me tell you how. Let me tell you the difference. Now, now we, you got AB, and AB is a pure true number one. And, but, and, and he's all that offense right now. And the whole offense is just throw the ball up in the air. But, but, but CD is a true number one when we do what we're doing with him now. Yeah. When you move Move him inside and out. He's not big like uh, like AB is. He's not that big. So now you got to let him do his thing outside and inside, and that's what the Cowboys are doing now. So when they see him outside one-on-one, they'll give him those opportunities. But then they can bring him inside and put a mesh on your defense and give him those opportunities, and he comes up with the 12 receptions. You guys, there are more ways to be a number one receiver. And, and, and Tyreek Hill should have shown us this. It ain't always got to be the big guy. No. That can go up and make all the plays like AB has been doing for Philadelphia. Like that's not, the only play they have. It can look, it can look different. It, 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 it look. Megatron looks different than than Jerry. Looks different than Julio Jones. Looks different than Michael Irving. But those are true number ones. It's a reason they're number ones. It's reason when you start the week, you say, "Hey, how are we gonna stop Irv? How are we going to stop this guy? On third down, we're going to double him. We're going to bracket him. You know, you see Tyreek Hill getting vice gripped, getting vice, two people on him in the red zone like he's 6'7". Like he's not. He's, he's just really fast. He's a great receiver in the National Football League. I'm not seeing people game plan CD like that because they don't truly see him as a guy that they have to come up with a huge plan to stop. They don't see him as that kind of guy. I'm just telling you what the tape says. You guys can argue. Dallas fans can argue all the day. He's the number one receiver on the Dallas Cowboys. But the teams that have true ones would not trade for him. They would not trade their one for him. They would not trade... Uh, Tariq Hill for him. They would not trade Jamar Chase, Justin what, Jefferson. What, 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 they would what, not what, trade. What, what, what you're saying then, you're not talking about his ability. You're talking about his opportunities. No. You, you, you're, 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 I, saying, you're saying that, that he's not getting the opportunities. That's why he's not a number one. But, but he, his ability is, ability, he has the ability to be a number one. Is that what you're telling me? Because I'm telling you they're giving him the opportunities now. I will agree if you're, to, if you're going more at the system in, in, in the play calling, but I'm not going to agree if you're going at 88. I'm, I'm, I'm saying when I see them start to double him and start to, to bracket him and start to really game plan to stop him, then I will consider him the number one, right. uh, number, true number one like the rest right. of these guys. All right, Richard, back to the position you played at a very high level. As I told you the week before the Arizona debacle out in the desert for my Dallas Cowboys. On that Thursday at practice, they lost Trevon Diggs, and it was a crushing blow to the football team. It was crushing to Michael. It was crushing to me because it's, it felt like all was lost because you had, because you know Stephon Gilmore very well, you'd added a former defensive player of the year at one bookend corner, and you had one of the premier ball hawks at the other corner, and all of a sudden he's gone for the year, and I thought, well, so much for that. 
So I, I had said we could beat Philadelphia twice this year, and I backed off and I said, well, we can't win at Philadelphia. All of a sudden, Deron Bland just keeps doing what Deron Bland's been doing from day one. He has nine picks in 24 games in this league over two years. Nine picks, three of them taken to the house. I, I need your opinion. What are you seeing in Deron Bland? Do you think he's flashing the pan? Do you, do you think he's just a blip on the radar? Or is he the real deal? No, I don't. I, some people, Skip, some people just have a way to fi- of finding the football. I mean, you saw with, with Trevon Diggs. The, he, this guy is finding it, and he's taking it to the house. I mean, you can say bad throw. You can say this and that. I don't give a dang. In the National Football League, <laughs> nobody's perfect. So he's making the plays that are there, and he's doing it consistently. You do it a couple times, Irv, and you say, ah, that's a little bit of a flash. This guy is I mean, there's only been three players since the 1970 merger to do what he's done this season. And he got one more to tie the record. If he gets one more pick six, he ties the record of the National Football League in the history of the game. So, no, I don't think it's a flash of the pants. I think he's one of those guys that just finds the football. Tyron Matthews kind of that way. The guy that's always around the ball, always finding the football, always causing turnovers. And you're like, why? How does this keep happening? Is that luck? No. Once it keeps happening so many times, it stops being luck. Sure, sure. I mean, I, Skip, Skip and I was, I was talking to so when I talked with Al, he talks about that. He talks about Al taking Harris. those yeah. educated decisions. They're not guesses on, on what ball to go after, when to go after. They're called like educated decisions. You know what I mean? Talk, talk to me about that when, when you would know, when you would say, okay, these are the chances I should take or not. You, you, you look at the tape, you sit there and study your butt off, but then you got to trust what you see. And a lot of guys are scared to take the trust. They're scared right. to take that right. opportunity. Like, it all looks like it's supposed to look, but it's that shadow of doubt. He has no doubt. This guy is taking those opportunities. He's studying the tape, and he's taking advantage. And you got to give him credit, Skip. This, this isn't luck at all. All right. We got it. Thank you. Now we got to turn our sights to what happened in Denver yesterday. What happened to Mahomes and Kelsey and the Chiefs? Yeah. Patrick Mahomes was 12-0 against the Broncos, and Mahomes had never lost an AFC West road game, which is incredible. Chiefs had beaten the Broncos, believe it or not, 16 straight times. But all those streaks ended with a thud yesterday at Denver as the 2-5 and five Broncos rose up and held Mahomes' offense without a touchdown, winning 24-9. Richard Sherman, what's your biggest takeaway? Um, Patrick Mahomes shouldn't play sick. Um, they can't turn the ball over five times and win the ball game. But I've, I've watched this team play, and I watched them play the Denver Broncos the first time on Thursday Night Football with, with Amazon Prime. We, yeah. we sat there on the field, and they beat them, I believe it was 19-9. to But the game was a lot closer than it think it should have been. And offensively, Denver wasn't doing a lot. But defensively, they seem to have answers for Patrick Mahomes in this offense and, and Travis Kelsey. It wasn't their best game. It wasn't their best outing. The same thing could be said against the New York Jets, even with Zach Wilson. They had a chance to win that ball game. They and did. down the stretch, they really had a chance to win that ball game. It was a few calls here and there that didn't go uh, the Jets' way. But this team looked very mortal, and they continued to look moral, mortal. When Travis Kelsey and, and Patrick Mahomes are on, this team is tough to deal with, but this defense has been playing lights out week in and week out. 
But a few plays here and there. Russell Wilson didn't throw for a ton of yards, but the yard, the ones he did were, were big plays. He gave Sutton a chance. He gave Jerry Judy a chance. They yep. made big plays for him defensively. Baron Browning came to play. Justin Simmons has always been a thorn in the heel of Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Um, and so you 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 start to sit, say, hey, there, there are some weaknesses, more weaknesses to this Kansas City offense than there has been in the past, past. And it starts with that offensive line. They look very shaky. There's a lot of pressure in his face consistently. And usually he keeps his eyes down the field. He's not looking at the pressure. He's moving around. But now they're starting to get to him. They're forcing fumbles. Valdez Scantling fumbled the ball. McCole Hardman, who just got yeah. back, fumbled the football. Yeah. Those are the mistakes that usually they can overcome because they got Patrick Mahomes. You know, you're like, oh, well, they still got Patrick Mahomes. They can do this. That, that wasn't the case yesterday. Mm. Well, you, you say, what did I see? It's, it was a, it's a lot to unpack here, Skip, mm. starting with Patrick Mahomes. Here, here's a guy who is turning the ball over at an alarming rate again, right? It, 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 it just, you know, we, we, we get on Josh Allen a little bit about some of the times that he turns the football over, and we point to that. But Patrick is turning the ball over. But Patrick Mahomes doesn't have nearly the amount of weapons that a lot of quarterbacks in the National Football League has. When you talk about Kelsey, which is the main weapon, there's no question about it. But when they decide to squeeze Kelsey in and out him, play him underneath, high loin, whatever the case is, to discourage Patrick Mahomes from throwing the football, the sky moors of the world, he's got to catch that touchdown. He, does. he cannot allow it to fall off his shoulder pads. Yeah. He's got to understand how to make that adjustment. Uh, a young rookie receiver in Rice, Rice. Rasheed Rice, he's, he's got to catch certain footballs he does. and grow up. Okay, they traded back for Miko Hartman. He cannot afford to fumble. No. He's got to figure out how to catch balls and make hay. When you talk about just looking at the, the weapons that he has at his disposal, he doesn't have much. Mm. And you're asking him on a continual basis to do a lot. Here's the, here's the one caveat for me that's still missing. Eric Bieniemy. I don't care what anybody says. Eric Bieniemy was an important part of what that offense was doing. Remember, they finished number one in points per game, yards a game, yards passing, and now they're sitting at 12, 19, and three. That's not what they've been doing in the past. He's no longer there. And you say, well, he wasn't calling the plays. Whether he was calling them, whether he was giving information, whether it was just simple being there, he's not there. And the offense looks different mm. because it certainly is a Juju Smith-Schuster. Okay, when you talk about guys that have departed from the team, Miko Hartman left, he came back. Everybody else is still intact except Eric Bieniemy. He's just not there. Now, I don't know what that means. Am I worried about Kansas City long term? No, I'm not, Skip. Because if you go two years ago, what did they do? They dropped one to Tennessee. You go to last year, they dropped one to Indy. Now, all of a sudden, here's another what people would deem as a bad football team in the Denver Broncos who plays them tough on the defensive side of the ball. As Richard yeah. mentioned the first time they played each other, yeah. it was a 19-9 bar burner, as we like to call it. Mm -hmm. Here it is now, they lose to them. But I'm not worried about Kansas City to say, well, they're not going to win the division. They mm -hmm. won't have the one or the two seed. I'm not ready to go there yet. They just got to clean some stuff up. Okay, I do agree with Richard that Kansas City just hasn't looked right all year, like right, right, because they degenerate into Patrick running around and trying to find 87. And they don't have a lot of weapons, but they got one nuclear weapon because he is simply the best pass catching tight end that I've ever seen. 
and he gets open better than t- any tight end I've ever seen. And he has better wavelength and chemistry with Mahomes than any duo I have ever witnessed in all my years. So if t- to your point, Keyshawn, why doesn't everybody just say you can't have him? Uh, we're, we're just going to take him away. But game after game, I think, well, they didn't take him away. They tried, but he still caught you know, 12 balls for 120 yards. Well, if you could hold him to six catches for 58 yards, because remember last year, Denver had a top 10 defense and there's still pieces over there that are pretty to very good. So they rose up and clicked for the first time really all year, because that's the same bunch of guys who gave up 70 at Miami that could have easily been 80 or 85 or 90 because they didn't even play in the fourth quarter, the Dolphins starters. Okay, now back to Patrick Mahomes, and Richard brought this up. I never know what to do with it. Did did he have the stomach flu? Yes, he did. Did he catch it from his wife and two kids? I'm sure he did. How, How do you gauge it? How do you judge it? Most people say if you're out there, you're playing, you just you just got to suck it up and play. But obviously, we've all had some stomach flu bug where for about 48 hours, maybe even just 24, you you feel like you're going to die. So is that where he was? I, I have no idea. Does he deserve a pass for yesterday because he wasn't throwing the kind of passes he usually throws? I, I, I don't know. Honestly, I, I've told you before, I wish I had some machine I could hook my hand into and hook it up to Patrick. And I'd say, ooh, that, you know, that feels terrible. How did he even play? Or maybe it wasn't that bad. I don't know. He said he was coming out of it by game time. Who knows? But the point is, the big picture is that they just haven't looked right all year. And then on the other side, Sean Payton finally just said over the last four games, he's just taking the ball out of Russ's hands. Russ doesn't get to cook. He, he just gets to simmer because look at this. You, you won a home game by, by going 12 of 19 for 114 yards. That's four straight games that Russ has been under 200 yards passing because they're just saying we're, we're just going to balance it up. We'll throw a few passes, but mainly they're going to run for 153 yards while Kansas City ran for a grand total of 62. And that was the game. So here we got Patrick coughing the ball up. If we could see him real quick, and then you guys can respond. Here's the first day where Patrick fumbled at the end of the half. Under fire, trying to do too much, trying to hold it. Oh, that's the, oh, that's the pick first. Okay. Then mm-hmm. here's the end of the half. This is the fumble. Strip sack, just holding, holding, trying to do too much. And then this is the one where it's desperation at the end of the game. I'll give you that when he's just trying to make something happen and nothing happened. Okay. So, again, back to you, Keyshawn. You, you don't have any fear going forward about this team. No, I don't. Yeah. I, 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 look, as I said to you before, Skip, they've had stinkers in their schedule where you scratch your head, the Tennessees, the Indianas, and now all of a sudden the Broncos where you scratch your head. But you also got to understand – like you said, there are defenders that's on this team that was there a year ago. It's not the same scheme. No. It's not the same system. It's different coaches. But there's some familiarity. There's a comfort level that, oh, we're playing against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. We know what to do against this type of ball club. And you mentioned Russ. Well, yeah, what have I always said? If you don't turn the football over as a quarterback and you get about 150 yards rushing and you don't turn that football over as yep. a quarterback – you're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, even that, if you throw for 114 You're going to win. You're going to yep. win a lot of games. And I know it's boring. I know people want to see uh, uh, Joe Burrow and company just throw the ball all over the lot. But if you can give me a quarterback that is, what was he, uh, 
12 of 19 for a buck 50, I mean a buck 20 and three touchdowns and zero interceptions and we run for 150, mm-hmm. chances are we're going to win the game. Mm-hmm. And, and we would no take question. that every single day. Mm. No question. I, I just, it's a lot of concern. And to your point, Keith, the Eric B. Enemy factor is a lot bigger than people were saying. You know, you just look at Washington and Sam Howe. You just watch what they just did against Philadelphia. I mean, he threw for 397. You think Sam Howe is just throwing for 397 with whoever as an offensive coordinator? No, at some point, you got to start giving Eric Bieniemy credit. He was really tough on them in the offseason. You had all these players coming in and coach, hey, he's being a little too hard. He's yelling at us. You might want to talk to him. Well, because he knows what it takes to play at a high level, to, to affect, be effective offensively. And that's the kind of standard that he's trying to hold these guys to. And I don't know if Matt Nagy, who's the offensive coordinator now with Kansas City, is holding him to that same standard. So even if he's not calling the plays, Andy Reid's still calling the plays, you still have a lot of input. You still have a lot of effect and influence on the offense. And Matt Nagy, we, we, we could talk about his time in, in Chicago and what happened there, but hasn't necessarily had the track, rec- track record of being an incredibly effective offensive coordinator, even though he's hired. Andy Reid is, is still at the forefront, but he's having an influence on his offense at Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, very good point. Up next, we got to talk college football because we got to talk Coach Prime and his son at quarterback taking the beating that he did from UCLA the other night. We're going to talk Shadur and his future up next on Undisputed. Shadur Sanders got hit 17 times Saturday night against UCLA as Colorado lost 28-16 at the Rose Bowl. His father, Dion, said Shadur needed a pain-killing injection at halftime, and Dion did not hold back in his postgame interview, saying the Buffaloes have got to get better offensive linemen for next season. Michael Irvin, what was your opinion of what happened to Shadur Saturday night and what Dion said about it? Well, guys, I, I, I talked with Dion even in the beginning of the season. He said that same statement. He made the statement. He said, listen, I, I'm not worried about my skill set, guys. He says, I'm only worried about the big guys. I didn't know it was going to be like this, though. You know what I mean? I, I don't know that I've – and these are kids. These are young kids. But, but I was there Saturday night. And, and every time I'm sitting watching Shador, by the time he drops back and, and, and get to his spot, that rush was already there. Yep. You know what I mean? It, it was just it was hard to watch because I was like, man, you, you can see where they'll have opportunities. Mm. But as soon as he got back and he tried to make the most of it, still made some plays. You know what I mean? But with that many people on you all the time coming at you, I, the stat. Seven, three times this year, he's gotten sacked seven times in a game. I, I don't know that anybody's ever gone through that kind of pressure mm-hmm. at the quarterback position. So Dion knew this in the beginning of the year when we talked about it. He said, I'm going to have to go through this year, hold his line together, and then get some more guys in here and, and, and take off. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to next year. 
Now that these kids have gotten an understanding of playing on this level, there are a lot of linemen sitting behind some other linemen at some other school saying, boy, I could be on that team and playing right now and getting all of this notoriety. So he, he should get some opportunities. Mm. I mean, it's just sad. It's sad, Irv. I mean, that's tough to watch. It's, I'm, I'm yeah. sure it's tougher to, for Prime to watch because it's his son. Right. Um, because it looks like, it, at times, it looks like they're throwing screen passes. But it ain't no screen set up. Irv, it ain't no screen set up. These guys are getting back there at the snap of the football, and these aren't all world-beater uh, defensive linemen. You could say, sometimes you could say, hey, man, that's an All-American. That's a monster right there. You're going to have some trouble with him. These are these are Jags out there, They're just normal guys who, who who some of these are their first and second sacks of the season, you know. And these guys just aren't effective. And I get I, I I feel for Shador because it's hard to evaluate weight a quarterback when he's under this much duress consistently. You can't even tell what kind of decisions he's trying to make because he can't make a decision. He just got to try to get the ball out as fast as he can. There's no reading involved. He's he's as soon as he hits his back foot. Somebody's in his shoulder pads. I mean, I, at one point, they rushed five, and I seen six people land on him. I said, what, what in the world is this? <laughs> like, my goodness. And so, Prime's saying the right things, but, uh, you know, what can you do at this point in the season uh, when your offensive line is playing like this other than, I mean, just make the best of it? That's what Shador is saying. But for him to have to take a, a shot at halftime, oh, you hate to see it. Right. Yeah. It was hard to watch. But I got to tell you, this is just me. I was even more impressed with Shadur on Saturday night than I have been all season, and I have been greatly impressed by him because I'm going to remind everyone, in sacks allowed, the Colorado Buffaloes are tied for first nationally with Old Dominion. Think about that. Tied for first with (laughs) Old Dominion. In running the football, which obviously can take a little bit of heat off the the sack in the quarterback – They are third worst in the country behind Hawaii and the team they beat, barely Colorado State. In penalties, they are still second in the nation. And it it all comes back on Shadur's head because for him to be able to pull off anything against a UCLA who was third in the nation in sacks. So so they come from everywhere. They got a couple of players who, who look like they can play on Sunday. But the point was... If, if I could show you a couple of throws that Shadur did suck up and make where he just kept jumping back up and th- mm. throwing the football, he can flat out wing the football. If I could show you the 45-yarder to Weaver. Do we have this one? Yeah. This one where he gets just a, a little bit of time, just a second, barely gets it off. L- look at this. This is oh, sweet. Perfect. It's That's just perfect. sweet. It's, it's just sweet. Yeah. And I don't know how he got that. I, that I don't either. And, and then I think we're going to show it again. Right. Yeah. You, you see, when yeah. you, he just gets a split right. second to throw it. But when you right get that kind of pressure skip, usually it affects you. Here's the touchdown to uh, uh, perfect to Horn. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a beautiful throw. L- listen to me. I I don't see anybody in college football playing at a be- at a higher NFL type level than Shadur. And I've watched Caleb a lot because I saw him at Oklahoma a lot. I, I'm I'm gonna take Shadur right now slightly over Caleb in pro football. That's just me because he is as pure a drop back passer as you can find. And his legs have impressed me more. We didn't get to see him the other night because they just had him roped in all night where he couldn't even get out of the pocket because he was just buried in the pocket. But 
You, you want to talk about guts? Right. You, you want to talk about it's physical right toughness? There. Right there. To get hit 17 right. times right and just there. keep flinging it and firing? And by the way, if, right. if I'm his father standing on the sideline and you're up close and personal, isn't it hard to watch? Aren't you worried that your kid's going to get seriously hurt because that they couldn't block anybody the other night? Yeah, are you proud of them? Are you? And I know you're worried, but there's a pride, there's a pride here because – you and I both watch a Troy Aikman get beat like this, but we watched him gain respect because he got kept getting he back did. up he and you kept fighting and fighting, yeah. and fighting and fighting. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks, you know, quarterbacks are, are seen as these prima donna yeah. types, and they, 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 they get treated pampered and everything. When you get a quarterback that keeps getting up fighting and keeps coming back to the line of scrimmage, and you don't see him. You, demonstrative yelling at his he offensive line. Never, yeah, you don't see him never, doing yeah. that. You see him, let's keep going. Let's go, guys. Let's keep, he keeps encouraging him. You, you gain something with your team for that. You gain respect. And trust me, those, those NFL scouts, they see that too. They do. They see that because they're looking to see if they're going to bring you on a team that may have some p- problems on the offensive line and how are you going to handle that. So you're right. And the way he's handling it, you gain respect for him. Absolutely. No question. No question. I'm sure they gained a ton of respect for him. Um, But still, if I'm his dad and I'm watching that, I love how tough my son is. I know how tough my son is. I don't need him to prove it every dang week by getting (laughs) hit in the face 15, 16 times. I don't need it. Herb, I'm looking at these other young men like, hey. Y'all got something against my son? Like y'all, y'all got to, y'all got to try to stop somebody. Um, but I, I, you know, as you said early in the season, Prime knew this would be the case. He right. knew that they had a long road to go. Um, but hopefully, they can they can salvage something and give him a little more time, so at least we can see his talent. Because, like you said, Skip, when he has time and he hits his back foot, oh, he's dropping dimes. He's dropping dimes. It's pretty. And look, Dion did not hold back after the game, and I'm sure those sorry offensive linemen don't want to hear how sorry they are going because they yeah. still got, what, four games left or whatever it is. Right. But what, 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 what can you do? Dion's just as honest as you can get because it, it's, it's the sorry truth that there are – <laughs> Sorry, bunch of offensive linemen. And I promise you, they're not going to be playing for Colorado next year. Right, right. And it's yeah. just the level. And, and it's one thing if you have, like, if you have two or three guys, then you can hide some guy. But when you don't have any guy, no you guy. can't hide anybody. No. And, and everything shows up. And that, that, that's what he's dealing with. You know what I mean? They, they really need a whole group, a whole new group. Yeah, and by the way, Michael, how about Travis Hunter on the other side Dude, of the ball? Mm, listen, now, now, listen. We talked about this earlier, Skip, because I'm, I'm sitting there watching this game, and, and I see what's happening on the offensive line. So I said, I turned my attention and said, let me watch Travis. <laughs> Whoo! I'm going to tell you something, man. That, that dude's a pro playing in college he's right a pro. now. Now, those other guys, the you know, offensive line is so funny because the, uh, the offensive lines are, the offensive line is out of their league. Like, the, what they play. They are. But Travis, Travis Hunter? He's out of that league. He, he, he's playing he's NFL football right now. He's studying and reading. He's rolling off his man, picking the ball. He, he's helping other DBs. Let me just intercept your ball from your guy. That's what he's doing right now. And it's just an incredible job to see it like that. When you have that kind of skill set, Sherm, but our shoulders down, but also has that kind of understanding of the game where you're covering your man. And I know offenses, I can peel off and go and get this ball and make the kind of interceptions that he made. Those were not easy grabs. Those were not easy grabs. Those are the kind of grabs 
Sherm, I know you can make it because you play wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Travis Hunter can make it because he played wide receiver. But most DBs are dropped those every time, Sherm. <laughs> hey, it was it was such an incredible one of them was two trap. And right. in the National Football League, you rarely catch a quarterback in two trap. You know, they either throw it behind the receiver or they yeah. just look you off and throw the fade with the one-on-one. But Travis oh, you're right. ran uh, it so they, quick. they stop that receiver and turn him before he gets oh, they to stop you. Him in the, exactly. Right. You, right. Got it, you got it. You got it. And so Travis almost overran the receiver. He ran it so well, and he beat the quarterback there. The quarterback was still throwing it. Travis like, hurry up and get it out your hand before I have to go back to my receiver. He ran it so quick. And the other one was covered too, but it's rare that a quarterback can reroute square and then open up and be able to get to the corner route back deep. That's why the coach always says, hey, just shove, you know what I mean, chuck him and escape. Chuck him and exit. And what Travis did and Travis was able to do was hold the disguise longer because then it looked like man to coverage. It looked yeah. like, hey, he's responsible for this shorter out. And the quarterback felt comfortable putting the ball up. It was his anticipation, his trust. It obviously came from film study. He expected the quarterback to still put the ball there. It was an incredible play, but he does not get enough credit for how smart of a ball player he is. It's why Dion continues to talk about Travis as if he can be a Dion. And there's only one Dion, right. but, he, but he, he honors him. He's saying, we've never seen anything like this kid and he's saying since me, right? Right, that's right. and that's what I saw too on on, yeah. on, on that cover two yeah. fade off. Because I remember, the, I remember looking back at Dion a few times. Said, "Come on, ball!" That ball, he was outrunning the football. I said, "Come on, football!" He outran the football. He caught the football, caught up with it, pushed me down, caught my ball, and ran the other way with it. I mean, that's the kind of speed the dude have. And I saw that. I mean, that was a great bait job on that cover too. Because if I'm, if I'm riding with that shallow, with that shallow out because that's supposed to hold me so you can get that ball. His speed and recovery says, oh, no, most DBs, you can squeeze that in there, but I am like prime time, and I, I can bait you. It was just it was just beautiful play on his side. But but tantamount to that was the bad play of the offensive line, and, and Shador Sanders getting beat down like that. Yeah. Hey, in, in pro football, Travis's bread and butter is going to be playing corner, but – can he play some receiver in pro football? Sure, some. But, but you can see from Saturday night, that's where he's going to make his money in pro football. Yeah. If All right. I, I'm, I'm going both ways and make a lot more. There you go. All right. Up next, has Brock Purdy turned back into a Halloween pumpkin? Yikes. Man, Brock Purdy was the MVP front runner through five games in which he threw zero interceptions. Now he's thrown five interceptions in his last three games, and he lost the game-ending fumble in yesterday's 31-17 home loss to the Bengals. Keyshawn, you have used the phrase turning back into a pumpkin, which certainly works with Halloween up on us. Has Brock Purdy turned back into a Halloween pumpkin? Well, he's not a full pumpkin yet. No. He's a small one right at the yeah. front door, right? Okay. The small ones is like in the basket at the front door. But it, not carved up yet? Not carved up. Good. It's All getting close. Yeah. I mean, you know, three picks in three straight games is certainly not the way he started off the season. He fumbled, as you mentioned, Skip, at the end of the game yesterday. I mean, it's just something he's missing, anticipating throws. A lot of his stuff on these interceptions are late. 
late to the party, doing things outside the box. If you go and you think about Jimmy Garoppolo, you think about the success he had in the Kyle Shanahan system. Now, when he didn't have success, it was doing things like Brock Purdy's doing now, mm-hmm. throwing the football ill-advised to, other, to the other team on a constant basis to the point where Shanahan said, you know what, I, I, I think I want to upgrade this thing. And they went out and, and, and put a haul together to go get Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance didn't work out. They loved Brock Purdy. They moved on from Trey Lance and gave the keys to Brock Purdy to drive. Mm-hmm. Now, one would think that they got buyer's remorse in this situation based on what Brock Purdy has done lately. I don't think that's the case. What they got to do is they got to clean it up. Get it back to a year ago. Get it back to the first five games or so this season when Brock Purdy was playing within the team rules. Now, clearly, Debo Samuel may have affected some of that by not being on the field. Trent Williams by not being on the field. But at the quarterback spot, they just got to get him back to playing Mm -hmm. Good football, sound football, not trying to prove to the world that he belongs. I think he got a lot too early, too fast. That's why I tried to tell you and Richard at the start of this show, at the beginning of the season, I don't know. Let me see a whole year. But you two convinced me, based on the several games this year and the ones last year, that I have that I should have seen enough and I fell for it. And now I'm like, uh, can I go back and say, let me see some more? Opposed to just jumping in with you guys and saying he's here to stay. Mm. Okay. See, that's the difference, Keyshawn. I'm convicted because I, I know the tape. Um, the kid has made some mistakes down the stretch. The interceptions this game, the interceptions versus Minnesota, unacceptable plays. Um, plays I'm sure he would love to have back. But I also watched the rest of the tape. The guy was very effective and efficient throughout the remainder of the ball game. He was efficient early. He was effective early to Brandon Ayuk, to George Kittle. Huge plays throughout the game. So I, my memory does not ignore those things. It does not just look at the negative and ignore the positive. It sees the entire picture. Were those plays acceptable? Were those plays he wishes he could have back? I'm 100% sure. The, the, the interception of Pratt, I'm sure. That, you know, a little bit of touch, that's a touchdown. We got a tie ball game. We're talking about a different, uh, maybe a different ending to the ball game. The other interception Interception, there, there, that was a bad throw. That was a bad throw. He didn't read it. He anticipated that the linebacker was going to stay where he was because that's where he was in practice. He didn't anticipate him melting back inside. Great play by him, um, and he deserves a ton of credit for it. He, he made a great play. The, the sack right there um, to Trey Henderson, I think that was, um, was, a, was a really good play. The, the offensive tackle got a block, give him a little bit more time. But at the end of the day, it's not like he's just played a terrible game and he's thrown for, you know, 95 yards and he, you know, like he did against the Cleveland Browns. No. He played a really bad game throughout that game and then at the end kind of turned it on late, gave him a chance to, to get the game-winning field goal. But he played really effective in the last two games outside of the two turnovers. But mm. those are the things that Kyle Shanahan will harp on. Those are the things that need to be corrected because that's the reason um, they didn't have a chance at the end of the game. You know, Skip, when I look at it, those six turnovers in the last three games, that's a lot. If this, was, if this was Dak Prescott or no. Josh Allen or, mm-hmm. or, or, or Lamar Jackson, we would be going crazy right we would now. Be. We would be. Yep. I agree. Okay, no to, to Richard's point, when you can run six times in that game yesterday for almost 10 yards a carry, which is what Brock Purdy did, that, that was, it was highly impressive to me because a couple of times he showed me a little bit of, 
of giddy up where, where he could switch, you know, shift into like a fourth or a fifth gear. And he runs pretty well. And he made four or five throws that just took my breath away yesterday where I said, well, that's just big time because he wound up to Richard's point with 365 yards passing. But again, the guy I watched very carefully at Iowa State, mainly because I'm a big 12 guy because of Oklahoma. But the point is, I watched him for four years at Iowa State and he always came across like the gutty overachiever who will try just about anything to get Iowa State over the hump against the better teams, the Oklahomas and the Texas, and even when Baylor was riding high. And the point was, yesterday, if I could show you two plays, these plays came with about eight minutes left in the game. And the first one's a, a third and six play at the 14. He throws, he runs, he rolls far to his right, and kind of jump passes, he gets out of that. That shows some real mobility. It's almost like a jump pass all the way back across the field to Kittle for the first down. I, I got to tell you, you can't get away with that. Like, like that one worked and that was spectacular. And then he came right back with the next play and he, he does the same play again. So here we go with the first one. And you want to talk about dangerous? That's see, about see, as dangerous yeah, you as you can get. You can't do that. Man, you get ready to get benched. Okay, and here's the next one. He, he rolls to his right again, and he kind of jump passes back to McCaffrey at the goal line. And it wasn't as dangerous, but, but again, as Richard well knows, you, you know, the golden rule is you just can't throw back into the middle of the field on the run to your right because more often than not, that will bite you in the butt, and it'll be going the other way. And there are two DBs right there with Kittle, and, and if, if you're just a split second late, they're still running with the football going the other way. So, uh, there, no question. yeah, go ahead, Richard. No question. You're totally right. But that's the problem in this new day and age because every rule of quarterbacking is being broken. That's yeah. why they're looking at Caleb Williams um, as number one pick because he breaks the rules, because he's running out of bounds, throwing the ball across mm. his body, across the field. Yeah. Um, Patrick Mahomes is the reason this, this is acceptable because he's won Super Bowls playing this backyard style of football where it's very unorthodox, where it's against all the football rules that you've learned growing up as a quarterback. Hey, you don't throw across your body. You don't throw into the end zone late. You don't You do not do this. You don't do that. And he breaks the rules. He plays unorthodox, and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But I, at the end of the day, he made mistakes, but he didn't make mistakes uh, playing like this. You know, he made mistakes because he anticipated a guy uh, not moving to where he was, and, and he got there. He, he, he made mistakes rolling where he should have put a little more touch on the football. But – like you said, eventually these will bite him in the butt. Yeah, it, it's all, as they say, it's all fun and games that somebody gets hurt. And at the end of the day, yes, Patrick Mahomes is one of one. He can break all the rules in the world because those rules that he's broken has gotten him two MVPs, three trips to the Super Bowl, five straight uh, AFC appearances at home, two Super Bowl wins. Yep. It's gotten Andy Reid a lot. It's gotten the players a lot. This situation in Brock Purdy, I would prefer to not see him do that. And I think Kyle Shanahan would prefer to not see him do that. Yes, there are one, maybe two quarterbacks in the NFL that can consistently get away with doing those sort of things and breaking the rules and the principles of the quarterback position. Mm -hmm. But then there's a ton of them that it will come back to bite you. And eventually... Those bad habits carry over at the moments and times in which you do not want them to. Okay, if San Francisco goes on and, let's say, for instance, win the division and they're in a nice playoff run, 
And then all of a sudden, he throws back across his body against the Detroit Lions in the NFC Championship game because it was okay to do it yeah. in week eight, That's week true. nine, and it comes back to get you in the NFC mm. Championship game. Mm. We would be having a different conversation that Monday about why they allowed him to do this. So mm. you got to correct those little bitty things right now before it gets out mm. of control. Look. Brock Purdy never had supreme confidence because he was lightly recruited out of Phoenix, went to Iowa State, fought for the job, won the job there, and then winds up being the last pick in the draft and being deemed Mr. Irrelevant. So as long as he's riding the magic carpet surrounded by supreme talent in San Francisco, he was playing at a supremely high level. What did he win? I forget. What Did he get up to 10-0? Yeah, 10 in a row that he won. They probably would have won the NFC Championship game the way they were going if he hadn't busted his elbow up. But the point is, once the confidence gets cracked and, and you weren't always a superstar quarterback like Caleb Williams is, it's hard to crack Caleb's confidence because he's always been the man wherever he's been. Well, Brock Purdy was never really the man, and now he might start to wonder, am I really that guy? Can, can, and if anybody can prop his confidence up, it'll be Kyle. But you got two weeks to as, do it. As, as somebody who wasn't the man growing yeah. up that, that became the man in the National Football League, yeah. once you get that kind of confidence, it's really hard to shake you off that pedestal, Skip. It really is. Once you start to believe, hey, I'm who I think I am, and y'all just realizing it, it's hard to shake you off of that. We can talk about a lot of quarterbacks in the National Football League. This is Brock's second year, and he's been to more NFC championships or title games than a lot of those quarterbacks, and he's only well, played one fact. year in the National Football League. Yep. He has more playoff wins than a lot of those quarterbacks, and he's only played one year in the National Football League. So, sure, I'm going to let him continue to do what he's done because he's been a gunslinger, and it's worked. Until he shows me otherwise and we go to the playoffs and get put out early, if he goes to, to the NFC title game again this year, he'll get more credit from me. He'll get more ability to do those things because it's, he's shown that in those games, he's effective. Richard, did you tell me you were the man? Did I hear that correctly? Yep. <laughs> in the National Football talk, League? Talk, talk, come on talk. now. Come talk, on talk, now, talk. King. He was. There was a time. No, I, no, I, 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 love, I love when Richard talked like that, though. Yeah. No. Let, talk that talk, man. Let him know. I was that guy. <laughs> Well, all I know is, for Kyle's sake, I hope Richard is right. So up next, we'll talk about whether Keyshawn has been right or wrong about C.D. Lamb. Has he finally changed your mind? That's the simple question. Let's do it. Wait, a great tease. Now I'm right or wrong. Yeah. Oh, God. Once again, your turn. Hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet from Jacobia. Keyshawn moving the goalpost today on Dak and the Dallas Cowboys. He's moving them back. Uh, always. Right. I like I'm that right the there. Moving the goalpost. I've always been with Dak. You uh, haven't been with Dak. Okay, but next Monday it'll be Philly just wasn't that good. No, That's no, it's Philly not, just not, wasn't that I'm good. I'm not going right? to say that because okay. I know Philly's a good football team. Uh, okay. Tweet number two, the face Skip made when he saw both Niners and Lakers lose. By the way, I did pick the Lakers to win it all, but LeBron did play 39 minutes last night, and he did have two crucial turnovers in overtime. I watched it all. Third tweet, Spider Colt says, I would run through a brick wall for Michael Irvin. 
<laughs> ditto on that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Preach. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Meet them to like the brick walls on Sunday. Yes, sir. All right, Keyshawn, you have said something is missing in CD Lamb. Just something is missing. Richard Let's Sherman has called him nothing more than a fringy number one receiver. <laughs> Yesterday, CD caught 12 of his 14 targets for 158, two touchdowns. Also ran a reverse for 12 more. So, Keyshawn, is, is CD, can you go this far? Is he even slightly changing your mind? Well, it only changes, it, it, look. My mind is changed on them. Something is missing based on what they did with him yesterday and uh-huh. utilizing his skill set. Okay. Okay, so when you, the way I look at receivers, and I know the way Michael look at receivers too, I give all receivers credit for catching the football and doing some things. But if every time you catch the ball, you inside the numbers next to the tackle of the tight end, and you got all the space in the world to work with, I'm going to discount you some. But when you moving around like C.D. Lamb, in A.J. Brown, in DeAndre Hopkins, in Jamar Chase, in Stephon Diggs. You start to now show me some different skill set. Okay, so the question was, what can they do in the red zone? Do they need to be able to get somebody other than CeeDee Lamb on the field so they can utilize that area of the fringe, the 30 to the 20, from the 20 to the goal line in the red zone? Mm. They hadn't been utilizing him the way that they did yesterday. That's a big plus and, a, and hats off to the coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball to realize if he's our true number one wide receiver, as I said to you many times and I'll say it again, there is no other option when you put the football in the air other than 88. The rest of them can get the sifting, the trickle down that comes out the bottom of the pot. They can have that. But he is the main ingredient. And if yep. you utilize him as such, you won't have a conversation. Mm-hmm. But they were not utilizing him that. So what did that tell us? That told us they didn't believe in who he was. If you're keeping Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks, and CeeDee Lamb all on the same level. If you got them on the, all on the same level, when you go to throw the football, you're throwing it to Gallup instead of 88. They didn't do that yesterday. They gave it to 88. So if he continues against a better secondary in Philadelphia, he will have shown me way more than what I saw based just on statistics in the first week or first month or so in the season, Skip. Mm. The reality is the reality. Mm. I like him, but they made me think we might need to get something else based on how they utilized him previously to yesterday. Mm. Right. And, and, and a lot of key, what Keith's talking about is, honestly, the difference between playing receiver outside and playing inside. And a lot of inside receivers are seen as not quite the receivers that guys are on the outside because you're running routes against linebackers or safeties and everything. And they're like, well, let's go outside and be the real cornerback, be some real guys. CeeDee Lamb played 28 plays in the slot, 25 outside yesterday. That's the ratio that they need to keep with CeeDee Lamb. When they put him inside all the time, and just allow him inside. It's it's easier for me if I'm a defense to lock you up because inside I say to everybody on the field, watch 88. And you have seen games we watched in the San Francisco game when 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 CD came on a crossing route, Fred Warner stepped right up because that's CD and it, he's on the inside. We know they're trying to get him the ball. Now when you put him on the outside, sometimes. Anytime you see one-on-one, 
I'm throwing the ball to C.D. Lamb. Troy Aikman has said this on the broadcast before, watching Dallas play. Sometimes we try to overthink things. When I lined up and Michael was one-on-one, my job is done. That's what we're throwing the football. We're going to take that one-on-one battle against your best no matter what. And that's what Key's talking about. He wants to see that in C.D. Lamb. Put him out there. Let me see you go one-on-one. Let me see you beat the guy. Now, not, not just coming inside where we're getting option routes and, 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 and beating linebackers, but CeeDee Lamb can do that. And what has he happened outside. when they've when they done that? Skip yeah, and Michael, yeah, do you yeah, know? Yeah. When, they did, when they do exactly what they did yesterday, that's going to apply Open pressure. Open up everything. It's going to apply pressure on the defense to now figure yeah. out what are they going to do with the football. Well, and, and where the double teams come. See, yes. now, now, now. Now, when, when, you, when you start him inside and then you motion him outside. Now, and when he's inside, we got one defense. We start motion. Hey, pick him up, pick him up. Now the whole double team turns, and it confuses a lot of things. And you see guys, our, our other guys start making plays. He's right. That has to be the focal point for the Dallas offense. Right now, CeeDee Lamb is the best offensive weapon they have Period. Yeah. Everything yeah. has to work Absolutely. on through him. I texted them that last night when we were talking on the group text. They got on me. They said, Michael, where are you? I said, I'm busy. I'm working. But then I finally texted them back after post, post them texted me, texted me. I said, listen, man, you that's where they, the, the game has to always come through 88 as it always have been huh. in Dallas. Wait, and it did last night. Who's on the group text? Oh, well, post, post Malone, of course, and all the oh, 88s. Post oh, okay, post, all the post 88s. Is, okay. Yeah, all the 88s so, so, and post. So CD was on the Oh, yeah, text. CD's on the group text, too. And how so, did he so, respond to that? Oh, he gets for sure. He, yeah. Oh, let me tell you. I, that's right. I told him I'm going to use this. He said his exact words were, we cooking with fire grease now. Cooking with grease now. That hot grease. It's fire hot now. And, and, and right. he's right. They were cooking with fire grease yesterday. Like so... Here's my take on CD, and I'm his biggest fan, but I loved him at Oklahoma. Love him now. Because I, th- I think he runs strong after catch. But he does not demonstrate the typical diva behavior or diva body language right. during games because he's not putting on a big show. He's not what, throwing what big skit? tantrums on the sideline if he doesn't get the football. There, there's not, he doesn't but grab the camera. He, he does, the, the camera can take or leave him because there's not a lot of diva body language. There's not a lot of Keyshawn. There's not a lot of this V88 body language. Okay? You're just saying they're going to know when we ain't getting the ball, but he, he'll quietly take it to the room. I watch you with Hubbard Alexander on the sideline. You're just raving up and down the sideline. You're just stalking up and down the sideline, just giving him hell because you're, you're pouring all of your frustration onto your poor receiver coach. And his main job was to take your frustration and absorb Absorb your frustration. You were the same way. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, and if okay. the head coach got involved, he got it. Okay. So best thing to do, head coach, stay over there and call the plays from over there. Don't come near me. I got it. But Debo runs with the ball angry, and you can just see it. The body language of him with the football under his arm is angry. CD just runs strong, but he doesn't run angry. He doesn't play over emotional football. He just gives it a little first down, just a little point. Right, right, right. right. And and he he doesn't do a lot of interviews, so you don't really know what he is. And I, like like I, I know who he is, but I don't really know his his nature because he does. I, do you see him do a lot of interviews? I don't, I don't see much. No, really? I, I, I okay. don't see him speak at all. But no. here's what I'm gonna say though. He's getting a taste of the good medicine right now. Yeah. Now they've already fed the beast. And you know when the beast 
gets fed, and then when you take the food away from the beast, yes. and that's when you're going to see, as you speak about that diva, whatever you want to yeah, call it, I, I got that, it. that but, outburst on the sidelines. But, yeah. Let him take the football away from him. Well, You've just been feeding him and find out who he is and, now. And he has said something. That he, he's talked about it. They're talking about it in Dallas, but he's doing it with his guys quietly now. Now, CD, CD and, and Dak has a great relationship, and that's why CD won't go crazy because, that's you know, Dak, Dak has brought him in and Dak has told him, you're going to be my guy. You're going to be my guy. Before they shipped off Amari Cooper, trust me, that Dak and CD got together and said, well, we're going to let him go. You're going to be yep. my guy. So, so he tried. They respect each other and everything. I saw the other day when they were talking about when, when, when Jalen Hurts, and and and, to, and and AB was talking AB eleven. I call Arthur mm-hmm. Warren Brown AB eleven. Yep. But Arthur Warren Brown and and Jalen Hurts were talking. And they were talking about going over to his house and talking about uh, Jalen's chefs. Jalen was saying, "Well, he won't eat some of the crow daddies and all of that stuff." Yep. Those kinds of re- those are relationships built between quarterback and wide receiver. And it and, and in those moments, it says, "Whatever I throw up, buddy." I, you, whatever I throw up, you're going to go get. That's what they have in Philadelphia, and that's what they're trying to build in Dallas. And I think yesterday went a long way to establish, establishing that right before you go up against those other two I just mentioned in Jalen Hurts yeah. and A.B. So, so, Keyshawn, just quickly here, the, the aberration game was the 42-10 to 10 game because he caught only four balls on, in five targets for 49 yards. But if you look at, at San Francisco in the playoff game, he had 117 yards against the Jets, 143 yards, 117 at Chargers, 158 yesterday. So it's just that one four for 49. And he threw a little bit of a fit after the game about, mm-hmm. I need the football. Well, and they, they lost. Got, yeah. And that's okay. what's going to happen. If, yeah. you, if you make an attempt to get me the ball – and we lose, yeah. I can live with that. But if you do not at all make any attempts whatsoever yep. of allowing me to help us win, yep. then we're going to have some real, we're going to have a real conversation. That, that, that's just the reality of it. It's all not right. selfish, but, but, it's but, but Skip saying something right there, right there, those numbers he just, those are right up under, Tyreek's been putting up 150. J- a- 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 uh, Arthur Warren's been putting up 125. So, so CD is putting yeah. up about 115, 120, okay. right up under there. There you go. You so, gave that dude about nine names. Arthur Warren, that's his real yeah. name. So Keyshawn has now PD. apologized to I'm CD. I'm not apologizing. <laughs> I didn't need to. Don't skip. Stop. <laughs> apologize to CD. All right, we got to change the subject because up next we're going to talk about Bryce over CJ. This dude trying to be slick. Don't <laughs> In the battle of first and second overall picks, Bryce Young threw for 235 yards to C.J. Stroud's 140, and Bryce led an 86-yard 15-play drive to a walk-off field goal, Panthers 15-13. I'd still take Bryce over C.J. How about you, Keyshawn? Uh, based on yesterday's game, no. Based on the course of the season, no. Based on college and necessity before the draft, no. I, I like C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud's had a better year than Bryce Young. And then, listen, they both on bad football teams, so it's not like all of a sudden they got Michael Irvin and, and Emmitt Smith in the backfield. Right. No, it's not, it's not like that. They both are trying to find their way in the National Football League. I just don't necessarily like smallish, slight quarterbacks. I've been used to big dudes my entire career, 
and the big dudes excel in this league for a reason. I mean, they're just it just it is what it is. I, I understand Bryce Young did some phenomenal stuff at at Alabama, and you know, hats off to him. All of those things. But when I look at C.J. Stroud, he did some stuff at Ohio State too. Why people felt that he shouldn't be the number one overall pick, I don't know. But he certainly has been cooking and on pace to be Offensive Rookie of the Year in this league. So yesterday, he didn't win. He didn't have great numbers. But if you look at the, over the course of the season, he is playing better football than Bryce Young. Right. I, I think it played out perfectly. Honestly, I think it played out perfectly. I remember watching Bryce Young that first game. He started against Miami. I was right there on the sideline. I did the corn flip, right? Mm. Walked out at Miami. I was like, man, this dude. The first play of that game, he, they ran a receiver all the way across, right? Bryce throws the ball. I said, oh, my God, he's way off. He's way off. I said, oh, we got this kid. As I looked at that game, the receiver was way off. That dude ate us up that night. I was like, whoa, this kid is incredible. And I thought, I, I know he size, his size is one thing everybody talked about. But, but this thing is different. This league is different now. They're building offenses for the quarterback, not forcing, the off, not forcing the quarterback to fit into an offense. So you can get guys that are a little slight built like this and still make plays in the National Football League. I love that he has Frank Wright. Frank Wright is a very good football coach. And a young number one pick needs an offensive coordinator, uh, needs a head coach like a Frank Wright who understands everything. C.J. Stroud ended up in the perfect place for him with D'Amico Ryan. The relationship they have, I will never, I, I don't ever suggest or subscribe to bringing in a young quarterback and giving him a defensive head coach. Because I always say the defensive head coach, he just wants that young quarterback not to mess it up and let me win with my defense. Mm. But this relationship is different. This D'Amico Ryan and C.J. Stroud relationship is different. Study it. Read on it. They'll, he'll tell you. He sees D'Amico Ryan like, uh, like a brother, not just a coach. And, and, and he talked about this, that, that he believes in D'Amico Ryan. C.J. Stroud going to Carolina, and Carolina starting 0-5, 0-6, everybody would have started talking about, that's that Ohio State quarterback thing again. They can't play in the league and all of that stuff. So it worked out perfectly. We cannot take it from one game and say, oh, C.J. Stroud should have been number one pick. I think it worked out perfectly for both guys. Mm. So, Keyshawn, I do love Bryce Young. But I love his arm, which is a whip of an arm, and I love his heart, and I love his football IQ. I cannot love his physique because there's not much to love there. He, he is a smallish man. But he did move pretty well at Alabama, and he did not get beat up or hurt at Alabama. We'll see how that lasts at, at this level. But he doesn't have many weapons, and I'm going to show you three throws that he made yesterday Domingo's a 40-yarder to start with, if we could see this. He got a whip. And that went for 40. And then this is to, yeah, he's still running with the football. This is to Thielen up the sideline. Maybe he gets away way. with one. But right. it's, I don't know, that was a pretty good throw to a discarded Thielen. That was a Minnesota. great throw. Yeah, it was. And then he steps up in the pocket, moves pretty well, and that's to DJ Chark. Right. And then, remember, he did lead that last drive. He was five out of six for 50 yards in that last drive, including, including a seven-yard scramble. In that last Western. throw, he, he yeah. shook off a, de a defensive lineman. That's he a did. big dude that had him, yeah. and he shook him off strong enough to shake him off and still make that play. 
You know, it, 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 you mentioned everything, his intangibles, his IQ, all that's great. I got all that over here. Yeah. I take all that, package it up. But I, in my mind, when I look at things, I'm not looking at just today. I'm looking at down the line. And I look at it as teams get better defensively, right? When I, I just envision guys, and I know he played in the SEC, but I envision guys like Quentin Williams beating the double team and just reaching and grabbing him and pulling him down because I've seen this. I've seen it at the beginning of the season where all of a sudden you think, oh, they're not going to, and the guy barely touches him and he falls down. Unlike a Josh Allen, which is a big guy, or Lamar Jackson, which is a bigger yes. quarterback. That's all I'm saying. Jalen Hurts is thicker. He is. Not 6'4", but he just, no. he got some stuff to him. Yeah. That's what I like. Yeah. I like that. Doesn't, I'm not saying that he won't go on and dazzle the National Football League and become a Hall of Famer. I don't know that. But what I do know, based on the data that I have, is that quarterbacks at this size at an alarming rate mm. does not fare well long term. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Keyshawn proven wrong yet again. <laughs> How can I be proven wrong? <laughs> All right, next up, we finish with how big a threat are the Lions who play tonight to win the NFC? All right, with Kirk Cousins now lost to an Achilles tear, Packers and Bears struggling, the Lions have taken control of the NFC North. Seven and a half point favorites tonight in Detroit over the Raiders. So, Michael, how big a threat are the Lions to win the entire NFC? Well, this thing is real. When you look at the Lions' schedule, the Lions yep. have an opportunity. And I told you guys a little while ago, it reminds me of that 9-1 team. You have, you have all the talent, and you're right there on the verge. Everyone says you're a year away. Yep. When you have this schedule, Chargers, Bears, Packers, Saints, Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, the only game you can lose, right. and then the Vikings right there, you have an opportunity, yeah, to be a threat in the NFC in the playoffs. A lot of those games in the playoffs – at home, Detroit is real. Yeah, they, they, they real, Skip. They play in their next 10 games, one team with a winning record. That's the Dallas Cowboys. Right? Yeah. That's it. That's it, the it, only team. Right. So, yes, they're a threat because if you get home field advantage too well, I think the Cowboys got a couple losses in them, the 49ers, and I think the Eagles. If they can stay right there and get that number one seed, could you imagine that? Okay. The Detroit I, Lions, Skip, yeah, with I, the number one mm, seed and the Cowboys going home. It. But are they mm, better the than the Cowboys? They're not better than the Cowboys. They're better than the Eagles? No. Are they better than the 49ers? No. I'm sorry. I, I don't see that. But I do get scheduled. But remember, right. we have, after Philly, we got four of the next five at home where we're now 11-0 and 0 over the last 11 games. But right? the young talent like that will gain confidence winning yeah. games, right, and the schedule the gives them that opportunity. The Cowboys got to go to Detroit. Ain't that That's something? it for today's Undisputed. We are back tomorrow at 9.30 Eastern, and I can't wait.